in the morning the show phoenix magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in arizona number one during your morning commute number one whenever news breaks during your day and number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports now it's time for monty in the morning hey yo man how the heck are you it's the monty show we are live on thursday february 2nd 2023 what a big day in the big 12 today should the big 12 add gonzaga oh god you know we're gonna hear that drop all day now uh-huh gonzaga uh-huh one of the most controversy on the show right hey monty it's pronounced gonzaga hey monty still one of the best shows ever we've done yeah i paid all that money for my education you're gonna say gonzaga uh, no, we're probably not. Uh, anyway, congratulations on that degree. The point is, should the Big 12 add Gonzaga basketball? They are meeting in Dallas today for that exact reason. We'll have all those details for you. A little bit of a inside perspective on the Pac-12 TV deal. Is Walker Kessler the Excuse single... Excuse me. Blocker Kessler. My bad. Thank you. My bad. Put some respect on Buddy's name. Is Blocker Kessler (laughs) the most important player on the Utah Jazz right now? Um, It is actually a pretty compelling discussion because I don't think there's any doubt that he is. Right. Jazz get a win last night again. And it feels like this team is coming together now. And it feels like, I mean, I know they don't have Drew Timmy yet. Right, right. Gonzaga. There it is. Already, we're a Gonzaga. minute in, we're in, <laughs> we're a minute into the show, in the in the Gonzaga Zaga Ziga. Blocker Kessler is no Drew Timmy, but, but he'll, he'll do. do. Thank you, thank you. Uh, oh, and, and uh, I mean the the hype is already in the comments. Don't knock Gonzaga. your microphone over. The hype is already in the comments. Uh, Hayabusa. Oh wow. Okay. Hayabusa says, "Did you see Blocker Kessler last night?" Already the best center in the league. I mean, he's no Joel Embiid. Jesus. He's no Nikola Jokic. He won't do. Uh, are you sick? Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Good block morning, casuals. <laughs> San Diego State says, Glenn, good morning to you. Uh, let's get to work talking about Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Joining the Big 12 here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, without a doubt, theadvocates.com. Friends, I'm telling you, <coughs> with <coughs> when you choke on a microphone, you should call the advocates. Uh, but the point is, uh, with all of the weather, with all of the distracted driving that seemingly goes on in this country, if somebody's distracted looking at their phone, eating their food, I don't know, yelling at their kids, and they hit you, that's not your fault. And you deserve to be, you know, represented, to be made whole because you didn't deserve to get in an accident, but you definitely deserve an advocate. They're going to fight for you at the advocates. They know how to win your case. In fact, they're so confident they can win your case. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. So no consultation fees, no retainers. Chat with an attorney online, live 24-7-365 at the advocates. Dot com. The Big 12 is meeting today in Dallas, and one of the things that they are certainly going to discuss is adding Gonzaga basketball. 
uh, as a basketball-only member to the Big 12, and I think this is absolutely a no-brainer. Um, while I do believe, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, I think that Gonzaga basketball is overrated. Uh, I think it would be a phenomenal ad for the Big 12, and I actually think that it would be a really bad moment in time for the Pac-12, which is just as much reason as any to do it if you are the Big 12. But it makes all the sense in the world to add Gonzaga to what is already the best basketball conference in the country uh, in the Big 12. And Jake, it seems like this is that move that could tip the balance um, of survivability for the Pac-12 because I actually think Gonzaga is one of the only members that you can add if you're the Pac-12 that can help you remain viable. Yeah, well, and I think this conversation about, you know, basically geography with the Pac-12 is fascinating when you look at this uh, Gonzaga Big 12 situation. Like, you look at the Pac-12 and you begin to understand that that, you know, the TV deal, TV market situation that we've talked so much about really is impacted by the fact that, you know, the PAC doesn't have Southern California. We've said that. You guys know that. But I think when we look at this Gonzaga situation, understanding that, hey, the Big Ten is now in Southern California, and then now understanding, okay, well, now the Big 12's trying to get into our market as well. They're trying to get into the middle of our territory as well. And so it just kind of sends this message that that these conferences are slowly but surely you know, taking the pack away. They're they're slowly but surely biting into that apple. And I just, for me, I look at Gonzaga and I say, yeah, sure. Are they, may they be overrated? Maybe, maybe. I mean, who really knows, right? But the reality is, they're one of the best basketball programs in the country. We we know that. Like that's just that's just a reality of it. You know, whether they're number one or number ten, I don't really care. What matters is that they make money and they add value to your conference. And so. If you're the Big 12, you know, you got to be looking at this and saying, okay, we we definitely want to expand West with our footprint. And what better way to kind of dip into that a little bit, kind of get our toe in the water a little bit, than to add a basketball only. I know it's not football revenue. I know that it's not some juggernaut. It's not, you know, Oregon or Washington or, hell, even Utah, right, like we've talked about. But Gonzaga has a lot of value. And so to me... If I'm the pack and I'm looking at this, I'm I'm saying, uh-oh. I'm saying, okay, here we go again. We have yet another opportunity. And again, not that Gonzaga's in your conference right now, but but they're a West Coast, you know, operation. They're they're in your territory. So to me, it's like if they go to the Big 12, that's yet another opportunity that you lost out on to add value in parlance to the TV deal, in parlance to making money and surviving. Well, I, I think when you look at Gonzaga, I think it is the value in Gonzaga is the basketball program, obviously. And that value is that they they are a nationally known program. Are they a juggernaut right away in the Big 12? Well, certainly they're not. And I don't think anybody expects them to be that, certainly. But what I also think very clearly is that Gonzaga makes the Big 12 a better property on the whole. Having that basketball brand in your conference makes you a better basketball conference. I think when streaming comes around, and and I think whether it's the Pac-10 or whether it is the Big 12, I think you're going to see that stream is going to be a new revenue source for somebody. And Mm -hmm. I think when you already have a TV deal in place, And the other thing, obviously, is the pro rata part of this TV contract that the Big 12 just signed. Does does Gonzaga move, 
you know, the, their TV partners, ESPN and Fox, specifically Fox, does does Gonzaga move Fox to pay more money to the Big 12? And I would have to say that they do. And I think, is that a P5? I don't know. Uh, is that P5 money? I don't know. But what I know is that if you're Fox Sports and you can get Kansas and Gonzaga uh, more than twice a season and you can get a Big 12 tournament that's got Kansas and Gonzaga playing a championship game, I think you're all in on that. Thanks. Because frankly, I think that when you can have uh, Gonzaga, Kansas, or Gonzaga, you know, Texas, or Gonzaga, BYU, yeah. which has turned into a great rivalry, if you can have Gonzaga versus any of the power players in the Big 12 instead of St. Mary's, I think you're in a far better place if you're Gonzaga and if you are the Big 12. And if you are Fox Sports, I think you'd much rather have that game. If you are any stream partner, if you're ESPN+, Plus, if you are Amazon Prime, if you're whoever, and Gonzaga basketball is playing, you want that game on your stream. And if it's a big game of consequence, if it's Gonzaga, Kansas, now we're cooking with gas. Well, look at early in the season this year. You, I mean, you had Gonzaga, Michigan State on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. I mean, Gonzaga pulls national relevance. And I think that that really is the the ad. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, they're not going to guarantee you, you know, like national championships or something right out of the gate. But I, But I think... You know, when you can say to Fox, hey, like, you know, we're going to have these big matchups, that's going to add to the overall yes. value of the deal you already have. And when I look at the Pac-12, I say, dude, like, like, can you not see that, that you know, Gonzaga, you know, in Spokane versus, you know, whoever, Washington, Oregon, Utah, like, that's the problem, too. Like, I, I, on the other side of this for the Pac, like basketball wise, the pack is really not great. Like they're okay. They're not like anything special. And the Big Twelve is the best basketball conference in the land. We all know that. And I know that you've got Duke and UNC out there out west or out east rather. Like I get it. I understand it. But when we look at top to bottom, the Big Twelve is by far the best basketball conference in the country. And so to me, I just think it's a natural fit. But I think the bigger conversation isn't so much the fit in the Big 12, it's how how it's how the Big 12 adding Gonzaga is going to impact the landscape. And I still maintain, we just had this conversation yesterday for all those, you know, who are regulars, you know this. We talked about this yesterday that you have this situation where the pack is struggling to get its ducks in a row in as far as institutions are concerned, as far as the different schools and their philosophies on streaming being a tier one option. And so when I look at that conversation and how they're struggling with that conversation, and then I look at the fact that you've got all this smoke today about how the Big 12 is going to talk about adding Gonzaga. If the Big 12 adds Gonzaga, that it, that just paves the way, in my opinion. It encourages, it incentivizes Oregon, Washington, and whatever other school wants to ride those coattails to the Big 10. I just don't see... If, if you have this kind of shift for a school like Gonzaga, why would you, as Washington or Oregon, stay in a conference that can't even figure out what their philosophy is on getting a TV well, deal? Well, and I, I think one of, the, one of the more interesting points that was made to me about the, the Pac-12, I was talking to a TV guy I know, and he made a really good point. For ESPN and ABC, it's not how many people are in a market. If you are the Pac-12 and you have this current situation where you're trying to negotiate a new TV deal right? and you are trying to get more money from Fox, from ESPN, from ABC, 
Ask yourself what value does Pac-12 athletics right now today bring to ESPN, ABC, and Fox affiliates. <laughs> if you are an ABC local TV station and you're in Fresno, Modesto, if you're in Los Angeles, San Diego, San Bernardino, if you are anywhere in California from essentially the Bay Area South, south of the Bay Area, all the way down to Tijuana, what value does the Pac-12 bring to you? Um, and I'm telling you there's none. Because even if you were to add Fresno State, if you don't have Los Angeles as a TV market, and you go to ABC7, KTLA, or if you go to yeah, a ABC7 in LA, ask yourself what value does the Pac-12 have to that ABC television station? Hey, guys. Because they're not going to have U UCLA or USC. The Big Ten is going to be on Fox and NBC in Los Angeles. Right. Right? So if you're an ABC TV station, and if you're ABC and ESPN... Why are you bucking for a Pac-12 TV deal when none of your TV stations that carry your programming, DirecTV, Comcast, none of the networks that take or none of the cable companies that take your ESPN network feed in the West are going to have Pac-12 football on it? Why, why is that a value? That makes zero sense that if you are a, 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 a resident of Southern California and you're a USC fan or you're a UCLA fan, or you're a San Diego State fan, or you're a Fresno State fan, Yeah, you, you're, you're simply not going to ESPN or ABC. So there's no value if you're an ABC TV station or a cable company carrying ESPN, there's no value in the Pac-12. Yeah, and I think this might be the best example of that, that Pac-12 sort of arrogance that we kind of talk about, where you have this idea or this concept uh you know from the pac-12 and its leadership where they think that they're above everybody and that they're better than everybody and i look at this and 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 if we really work hard to put ourselves in the shoes of like he said a local you know abc affiliate in los angeles they don't give a damn if it's the pac-12 or the big 10 they don't care about the letters painted on the field what do they care about well they care about you know, satiating their ad partners. Hey, you know, the Toyota dealership or the Beamer dealership or whatever, like any advertiser yeah. on a news network wants to be able to place ads during programming that the consumer's going to be on your network watching. So if you're a USC fan and Toyota wants to target USC, mm -hmm. where are they going to spend their money? Well, you're going to spend your money in Fox. You're going to spend your money in NBC. Mm -hmm. You're going to spend your money in early season ESPN. But are you going to spend your money on KC, KRCR TV in Redding, California? You're not. Why would you place a buy there? If you're trying to target, more to the point, if you're Toyota and you're trying to target UCLA and USC fans, are you going to spend your money on KABC TV in Los Angeles? Uh, well, you're not because they don't have... They don't have USC football. Mm -hmm. They don't have UCLA basketball. That's now on Fox. That's now on NBC. So my point is, in the conversation piece here is, well, great, but this is a bigger deal than how many people are watching TV. 
Because as it was explained to me last night by this guy on TV, people like Toyota and Lexus, they don't spend their money in Southern California necessarily on sports. I'm not talking about daytime TV or sitcoms, or I'm talking about sports. They don't spend their money on 7 million viewers. They spend their money on USC fans. They spend their money on Laker fans. They spend their money on... The people that would buy their product? That's why they do that. And I think that's a really salient point, that advertisers target sports. They don't necessarily target how many viewers am I going to get there. They want to spend their money because the target demographic that they're after for their cars, their beer, their clothing, their food, their Taco Bell. Yeah. They're watching USC football. Well, and it makes sense. I mean, again, I, I think that, the again, perspective is the key word in this conversation, whether you're Klyovkok or you're Toyota or Lexus or yeah. your USC football, the Big Ten, like, you gotta you gotta really work hard to put yourself in these different parties' shoes. And so when I look at an advertiser, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I mean, this is this is the business that we're in, right? Like like entertainment advertising space. I mean, that's the business we operate in on a daily basis. And I can tell you, just in personal experience having these conversations, it's absolutely true. People like business owners, advertisers, companies, they want to be getting in front of the people who want to buy their product. And yes. I know, I know that that's not like groundbreaking, right? That's not like, you know, revolutionizing the but, game or but something. But as simple as it is, it's something that people aren't talking about with these TV deals. Yeah, everyone's right? obsessed it, with ratings. And it's it, like, well, ratings are great, but these advertisers want to get to the people and, they know will buy. And this goes back to Dr. Chris Hill. Chris when Hill. Chris Hill, the former athletic director at Utah, said, well, our fan base is in the Bay Area. So do you think if somebody's targeting... Utah fans, they're going to spend in on KGO TV in, in San Francisco. They're not. They're not. Your fan base, doctor, is not in the Bay Area, right? So it's that, that wrong line of thinking, in my opinion. And when you look at what is left in the, the Pac-10 now, I mean, you're, you're essentially spending your money in places like Seattle, Washington, you're spending your your money in Portland, in Eugene. Like that's where the major the the major advertising centers in this conference are. That's a big that's a big problem. Well, and that's why Gonzaga going to the Big Twelve, if that happens, is a problem. Because imagine you're head of map, right? Think about this. Or even pull one up. If you think about geographically speaking, what the pack has lost here. So you lost this gaping hole in Southern California. You no longer have that. So then you're like, okay, we're kind of pushed up into the Pacific Northwest now. That's kind of our region outside of Utah and Colorado and in Arizona. Those those couple of schools, most of our value money-wise is in the Pacific Northwest. So then I look at this and I say, okay, that's fine. You can survive on that. But when a school like Gonzaga is leaving, you know, their conference in Spokane. WCC. Yeah, WCC to go to the big the Big 12. Like you're the Big Twelve is getting right into your space. But think about that brand, though. Think about that brand, and and this is where my mind always goes. I don't even care about Spokane, Washington, as valuable as it is or may be. Gonzaga basketball is a brand, and again, if I said to you today, "Hey, Gonzaga and Kansas are playing for a conference championship," I'm watching that game. You're watching that game. I'm watching that game. You're absolutely watching that game. And by the way, I think that that the interesting part about Gonzaga basketball is who's going to make the decision on where they go. 
Gonzaga. It's Mark Few. Yeah. He's going to make the decision. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. Uh, all right, let's get your comments in here. Tanner Plummer, first one in this morning. He says, good morning, USA. And as I said in the comments, I hope the train treats you well. Kanai Johnson, you stud. How are you? James Jensen, good morning. Uh, James says, driving and letting time fly while listening to the Monty Show. James, what's your commute like, bro? Where do you drive from? Yeah, what's where, your, what's where your are you? Yeah, what are you, uh, what are you driving and where are you driving to? Yeah. Um, Hayabusa, again, says that Walker Kessler is the best center in the NBA. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> a little early there, bud. A little yeah, early. You know. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, what benefit is there uh, to Gonzaga joining the Big 12? I think being part of the, the best conference in the country, um, I think it. the issue is I think, I think Gonzaga wants to make more money, and they will be able to do that because, you know, it was also one of the more interesting conversations I had yesterday was about joining the Big 12 – and these TV deals is not necessarily the only revenue stream. So for somebody like Gonzaga, joining the Big 12 gives them more branding power. It allows them to go back to their shoe partners. It allows them to go back to their corporate sponsors. Yeah. It allows them to say, okay, well, now we're getting exposed on a much higher level because where is Gonzaga making most of its money? Well, in it, it's in its uneven revenue share in the WCC because they draw more units for the, the NCAA tournament than anybody else in that league. Yeah. So they make more money than anybody else in that league. And if you're doing that in the Big 12, and I do think if Gonzaga basketball joins the Big 12, I think there is going to be a – the hill is going to get much steeper for them to be, to be even in the NCAA tournament. is going to be much more challenging. I'm not saying they're a bad basketball program, but you you are you are the automatic you're in the tournament every year in the WCC. Yeah. I mean, you're the you're the auto bid every single year. Um but the problem is that's not prestigious. And as good as St. Mary's is this year, that's a top 25 program uh at St. Mary's. Yeah. I mean, as good as they are, that's not a strong league. And if if the benefit for Gonzaga is they're going to make more money, they're going to have more ability. I think their recruiting goes up significantly. Right. Uh, because if Jimmy and Steve know that that they're going to play in that league, and I mean, hell, look at Houston right now. I, I was looking at the, the, the AP poll before the show started. Houston, who's coming in the league, is number three in the country right now Program. at 20 and two. Yeah. So if you, if you include Houston right now, you've got Houston at three. Right, you've got K State at seven, Kansas at eight, Texas at ten, Baylor at eleven. Gonzaga would be in the league. They're twelfth right now. Iowa State is thirteenth. TCU is fifteenth. I mean, look at look at how many power clubs we're talking about. Yes, in the Big Twelve, it is by far the best league. Yep. And then you consider anybody notice who's twenty second in the AP poll for basketball right now? It's the San Diego State Aztecs. Think about that. When we talk about, hey, what should the Pac-10 do right now? Your ass had better be on the phone and having meetings at Los Coyotes Cafe in Old Town San Diego getting the Aztecs in. Yeah, dude. I, because I'm telling you, that's the only way that the Pac-10 survives. Yeah. That's the only way. And I will again say the brand that is Gonzaga basketball is incredibly valuable. It is, it, it's, it, it is, in my mind, 
It's a must win. Yeah. It is a must win. Brandon Butler, a member of the program. Good morning. Enjoyed chatting with you last night in the Monty Show members only group. I thought last night was one of the, the better chat nights too. Yeah. We had a jazz game going on. Everybody was talking about how good looking I am. Uh, you know, that didn't happen. <gasps> that actually did. That was never discussed. Right, right. Um, you know, I mean, it should have been discussed, but it, it, it was never discussed. Right, the point right. is... Uh, I thought we had a really good chat last night, and I think this whole week is a great example of why you want to become a member of the program. Right. Uh, program. Because you are you are getting access to that members-only Instagram group that's a community. And I think it's been amazing to see Teddy Wayman, um, you know, putting putting his rubber ducky and his cold plunge. Jeez, by the way, the water was cold this morning. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Teddy Wayman you know, everybody is just amazed at how long he's in his cold soak for. And, and his name is John Cena. Right? Like, we're making John Cena jokes. And it's a lot of fun. And it's been a it's been a great community. That is really loud. Uh, it's been a great community. So make sure you join the, the, the membership. It's only 10 bucks a month. And I get it. It's another 10 bucks a month. But the value proposition is huge. Last night, and I'll give you some information on the Jazz coming up here in uh, about 40 minutes. We'll talk Jazz basketball. But you already know that there is a new hottest player on the trade market for the Jazz and which, up, team, and which team is aggressively pursuing him. I put it in the members-only Instagram chat you last know. night. You, you already, already know. know. You already know. Uh, Brandon Butler says they would be in the best college basketball conference. They would. Absolutely, they would. Um, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says Gonzaga is middle of the pack in the Big 12. It would hurt them to play a Big 12 conference schedule for a year. Mark Few is an amazing coach and a really good recruiter. Gonzaga. I mean, I, he, he turned some kid whose last name is Timmy into a star. <laughs> Right, yes, like, yes, yes. and anytime you, anytime you have somebody uh, who's like their last name is their first name, right? You're in trouble already. He's probably a serial killer, uh -huh. but right. Drew Timmy's a hell of a player, uh -huh. even though he's got two first names. He's a we hell of a this program on nil. You know, he's a hell of a player. What's your name? Your kid, Timmy, Steve. Mm -hmm. No, what did you name? No, yeah, my his name is my name is Luca. Steve Tim Luca Timmy. <laughs> Right? How <laughs> you last name, Timmy, man? Uh, Greg Romano says, once few uh, leave so many Gonzaga recruit, so may Gonzaga's recruiting power. Well, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon, but that's just me. Your boy, Jay. Your boy, Jay. What's up, your boy, okay. Jay? Uh, Big 12 needs uh, more good basketball programs, not teams. Those teams are not always going to be good. Gonzaga would be a great get. Make it, uh, make it done, Big 12. I totally Program. agree. I totally agree. Uh, San Diego State, uh, Glenn says, Gonzaga to the Big 12 is a legit sucker punch by your mark to the pack and pulls a Jenga block from a... A Jenga block? Gonzaga. From a uh, tenuous situation. I love that visual. You pull... We're playing Jenga in the, the pack. Yeah, the pack is like two Jenga blocks away from, you know, falling over. The pack 10 you know. is like this. And I, I just see the visual of your mark like, hmm. Like, well, you know... Okay, I'll move on. Uh, Ahmad El Mabasher. What's it? What's up? Can I just call you Basher? Uh, Basher says, remember that Houston is number three in the country. Casual is exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Your boy, Jay. Your boy, Jay. Okay. Is that how you say your name? Your boy, Jay. He No, he's probably like, your boy, Jay. 
It's okay. way more fun to be like, your boy Jay. Uh, hello, Domino's Pizza. Hey, it's your boy Jay. I need a large sausage and pepperoni. Get it done. 8671 Main Street. Cock. Anyway. Um, <laughs> your boy Jay um, says Kansas and Gonzaga is going to be a great rivalry. It is. Can yeah. you imagine that? At like three, four times a year. Gonzaga. Come on. Come on. Can you imagine Gonzaga being a really good team? And you keep playing that damn drop. Gonzaga. It's going to get me. It is going to get me, I'm telling you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's say Gonzaga's number three in the country. Right. An unranked BYU basketball team goes into Spokane, or they come to the Marriott Center, and BYU beats Gonzaga. Now, they, I mean, dude. You can't tell me that BYU is not going to recruit better. So I'm saying, don't tell me that this is some some folk tale that Gonzaga's jumping ship. They're going to go to the Big Twelve. Dude. That's what I'm saying. Yusuf says uh, it's been a long week. Morning, all hell Why? yeah, it has. Why has it been a long yeah, week? Yeah, you cool, Yusuf. I yeah. hope you're all right. Yeah, what's up? Uh, your boy Jay. Your boy Jay. <laughs> Says the Big 12 should go after San Diego State next. Well, and I think this is a this is a big question. Should the Big 12, and again, if you're just tuning into the, the showgram here. Um, <laughs> Program. <laughs> just tuning into the show this morning. The Big 12, its presidents and ADs are meeting in Dallas today. And their main topic of discussion, by some accounts is are we going to add Gonzaga basketball? But should they expand right now? I think this is a really important discussion about timing and target of expansion. Because Keep it I, real. I, well, but I think it, it it's, what are you trying to do here? That's the question you're that I would ask. You're trying to end the Pac-12. That's what you're trying to do, it, in my opinion. Is that truly, should that be your goal? Well, I think that, I don't think that, so like, I don't think that the Big 12 and the Big 10 should be operating with this sole goal of ending the, the pack. But what I do think you should be doing is you should be saying, okay, we're a business entity. Like the reality is these two, these conferences are business entities unto themselves. And anytime in business, your competitors, because that's what they are, competitors, anytime you see weakness in a competitor, you got to get after them. And and I look at this and I say, okay, yeah, Gonzaga may not be a, a, a pack. 10 team, right? They're, they're a WCC team. I get that. But what Gonzaga is is another opportunity for the pack to try to climb out of the hole that they've dug themselves over the last decade. And so if I'm the Big 12 and I'm Brett Yormark, I'm sitting here saying, yeah, we got to go and add this club. We got to go and get them because I don't want to give the pack, our competitor, any more opportunity than they need to have. And, and I know... I'm sure there are ways the pack and the Big 12 could work together to make, you know, everything better and some fairy tale ending. But the reality is, and, and I've maintained this for a long time, I believe that college athletics on the whole, including football, are going to get boiled down to two super conferences. That's the direction I think we're heading. And to me, the pack is the beginning of that process. And that's why I say if the Big 12 adds the Zags, that's just paving the way, paving the yellow brick road for Oregon, Washington, and the rest of them to be like, yep, we're going to the Big Ten. So after that, because think about it, it's a natural domino. Okay, Gonzaga to the Big 12. All right, we're jumping ship going to the Big Ten. What's left? Like, I love I love the opportunity San Diego State presents, but 
but they're not a big enough brand on their own to, you know, keep a conference alive. They're just not. And see, what I look at in this situation, and I know that we've talked about this quite a bit, what I look at in this situation is if you're the Big 12, I think you have to ask yourself, what is it that we can do to strengthen our position? That's what today is about. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly Gonzaga basketball is that. But I also think this situation with Texas and Oklahoma is that. And we told you, I don't know, probably a month or six weeks ago, that Texas and Oklahoma wanted to leave after this season. They wanted to start the, you know, the 2023 football season in the Big 12, or excuse me, in the SEC. Yeah. And that was summarily rejected. And I think that's an interesting part of the discussion today. How are you not talking about about that because as awkward as USC and UCA hello as awkward as USC and UCLA are in the the Pac-10 now tell me that Oklahoma and Texas aren't awkward for the Big 12 if you're having discussions of significance that impacts the future of this conference adding Gonzaga how are you allowing Texas and Oklahoma to be on the call or to be in the meeting, or to be at the table. You can't do that. No. So I think it makes sense to move on from them. But from a financial perspective, I don't know how allowing Texas and Oklahoma to leave the league a year early makes sense. I mean, there have been a lot of ideas floated. Is it a lump sum payment that Texas and Oklahoma would make to the conference? Come on, uh, maybe. let's go, Schlepprock. Maybe, I don't know. Are you going to play a bunch of neutral site games in Big 12 stadiums of significance? I don't know. I don't know how you make up for the revenue that would be lost to Fox, ESPN, ABC, and to the rest of the Big 12. I don't know how you make up for that. I don't think it makes any sense to allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave early, but they were certainly trying. Yeah. And I think, I I don't think it's an option. I just think it's too much of a headache. I do think it makes perfect sense if you're the Big 12 to add Gonzaga today to make that invitation. But what is your goal here? And I think this is a really important question. Is your goal to cripple the Pac-12? I don't think it is. I I truly don't think it is. Uh Is that a byproduct, crippling the Pac-10, Pac-12? Are we just going to refer to it as a Pac-10 now? Yeah, that's what it is. I'm I'm tripping all over it. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think that, you know, it's an interesting comparison. A part of me, and, and this is, you know, probably not reality, but a part of me feels like maybe the best thing to do if you're the Big 12 is just to say, yeah, like, sayonara, because we've added these new teams, right? Um, with, you know, BYU and UCF and the other two, and, you know, you're, you're looking at this new opportunity. And, yeah, I mean, you definitely wouldn't have Texas and Oklahoma on any of your calls or anything. The reality is they're just biding time at this point. But, you know, if your biggest problem is making up that revenue, I, I kind of feel like there's ways to get that accomplished. Like, it, just from a business standpoint, you can't tell me that this conference in these schools can't find a way. Like, if you're Texas and Oklahoma, you knew before it even came to light, before it was even, the words were even spoken, that you would have to pay a fee to leave, that right. you would have to cover those costs. So I just, for me, I struggle with the idea that there wouldn't be a plan in place. That said... I don't think that that means it's easy to cover that cost. That's still a lot but of money, But that plan bro. would be Texas and Oklahoma's plan, not necessarily the Big 12's plan. Yeah. And I don't think you do anything that Texas and Oklahoma want. And no. that's just my opinion. No. But yeah. I also think this idea of, hey, are we trying to cripple the Pac-10 or are we trying to do what's best for us? Do what's best for you because that's probably going to cripple the Pac-10. Yeah. I think that's very different 
you know, with a similar outcome. Yeah. I think you have to be very careful when you go out of your way to damage your competition. I think you're asking for trouble. Yeah. I, like I said, I mean, I think I, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, you don't want to operate with malice in your heart. You don't want to be like, oh, we're just out to, you know, kill this conference. But at the same time, when opportunity presents itself and, you know, as much as Gonzaga is not necessarily a free agent, they're they're pretty much from a business standpoint, a free agent. They could go to the pack. They could go to the big 12. They could go. I mean, they, they're like in reality, they could really go anywhere, but the big 12, I'm telling you the big 12, Brett has talked about it multiple times that he wants to push West and he wants to <coughs> expand their, their footprint as yeah. the nomenclature goes. And he wants to get that way. And so to me, it's like, I understand Gonzaga's basketball only, but I feel like that's a perfect entry but point I, into that. I also think that PAC 12 membership, while they are not united on a TV deal, you can't tell me that Oregon and Washington are going to leave for the Big 12. That does not feel like a fit to me at all. And, and listen, if this conference comes apart, I, I, could see, I could see the Arizona schools going to the Big 12. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. With Arizona, again, being a basketball-only school, I, do they play football? It, I mean, they I don't, have a football you know, facility, but typically they play flag football, so it's a I little think, different. But I think it's intramurals right, that they play right. at Arizona on the right. football don't field. Don't play intramurals, brother. You know, like I think it's intramurals, but anyway, I kid. Uh, but if Arizona being a basketball school, because they are, and Arizona State join, I don't see any reason you wouldn't invite San Diego State and Fresno State. But do you see how those schools feel like a good fit in the Big 12? like the Arizona school, San Diego State. Like, there are these schools that naturally feel like good fits in certain conferences. And I include Utah and Oregon in that. But again, and I know this is probably going to piss off all the Utah fans, I don't understand the thinking at Utah. Because, <laughs> again, I, I just go back to I go back to this tweet from Mark Harlan, um, you know, the, the, the athletic director at Utah, Replying to John Kurtz, the Pac-12 had a standalone game on Friday night with a huge playoff implications and their biggest brand, USC, playing and was almost three and a half million behind a non-Oklahoma-Texas Big 12 game. No. To, which, to which Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah, said, we're not leaving. And listen, Chris Hill went out of his way to say the Pac-12 is where we are because that's where our alumni are. Right. Okay, great. Then you stay your ass in the Pac-12 or excuse me, the Pac-10, and you're going you're gonna to wither away and die because what is the, if we're really telling the truth, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but if we're really telling the truth about the Pac-10 in, in Utah, you are undervalued as a football property in the Pac-10. Yeah. Nobody knows the, the prowess and the awesomeness that is Utah football. And it's a shame that nobody even cares that you're back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions. Nobody cares because- That's right, T. Nobody knows. And you deserve better than that at Utah. And I don't know how many different ways I can say it. Kyle Whittingham is arguably the most underrated coach in the country. Yes. Because he's in a conference that is irrelevant. And they had a really good football year. And they won the Pac-12 again. And nobody cares. Yeah. That's the problem. Nobody cares. And if you want to be a national player, and I think Utah wants to be, but again, you're not. You're just, you're just not. If we're being totally honest about where the Pac-10 is and where a school like Utah is, could you honestly tell me that Utah is competing for national championships? Your back-to-back Pac-12 champion didn't even have a seat at the table. 
was not close <laughs> to the college football playoff this year. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with BYU. What this has to do with is what's best for Utah is to get out of the Pac-10 and go compete in the Big 12. That's the right fit. Take Colorado with you. And I don't want to hear about research institutions and I don't want to hear about you know grants and money. I don't care about that. If you truly believe that the Big 12 is, and there were Utah fans on my Twitter yesterday saying the Big 12 is a cesspool of mediocrity. Okay, cool. Well, then you go languish in the, the cesspool and play with what? The Mountain West? Because I'm telling you now, if Gonzaga goes to the Big 12, I think it's incredibly damaging for the 10 remaining teams in the Pac-12. Yes, it is. And then if Brett Yormark has the balls that I think are the circumference of like the earth, if, up, big bro? if he truly is the guy that we all think he is and he goes after Gonzaga and he goes after San Diego State because by the way if you could get Gonzaga to put that pen on a piece of paper and sign that document and you go drop that document in front of San Diego State mm. tell me San Diego State's not going to have a very difficult time saying no tell you me, weren't expecting this one tell me that Fresno State isn't going to have a very difficult time saying no but I don't think Fresno State's an ad, honestly. And again, I'll say what I've been saying for almost a year now. If you're the Big 12, go get San Diego State, go get the Arizona schools, and get Gonzaga. That's how you win, win the battle of conference expansion. You don't, need, you don't need Oregon and Washington to cripple the Pac-10. Yeah. Would it be great to have Oregon and Washington in the Big 12? Absolutely. No doubt about it. Two power brands in college sports. You don't need them. You want to thrive? Go and get the Arizona schools. Go and get San Diego State and go and get Gonzaga basketball. That's the beginning of the end for the Pac-10. The ink isn't dry yet. Because where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Because you can't, it, it, with all due respect to all the Fresno fans, because I'm going to give you the respect you're due, you're irrelevant. And with all due respect. You're irrelevant. Nobody cares. that Fresno State is not of consequence. Oh, but our media market. Eh, great. All due respect. Congratulations. Congratulations, bro. Enjoy. You're irrelevant at Fresno State. Absolutely irrelevant. Does that mean you're not good? No. Does that mean, oh, you suck? No. You're just not a relevant power player. Gonzaga basketball and little Gonzaga. old, little old guy, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Them, them freaking bulldogs up there in Spokane. Well, Drew Timmy. Gonzaga. Who names her kid Timmy? The point is, little Timmy and his <laughs> Gonzaga bulldogs are far more relevant than Fresno State at yes. anything. Yes. That's the truth. Is what it is, man. The bottom line is, if you're Utah, you got to get out of that conference. You still don't have a TV deal. By the way, and I'm probably stating the obvious, is it lost on anybody that the Big 12 is having an all-conference meeting in Dallas today and the Pac-12 still doesn't have a new TV deal? Hmm. Do you think they're not going to talk about that? They are. Do you think that they realize that this is the right time to, to try and take a kill shot? Because I think they do. And I think they do that in the form of Gonzaga. And I, I got to believe San Diego State. Because it is the only chance. Yeah. Do you understand what San Diego State represents? Do you understand it? And I want you to think about this. I want you to listen to me. Because... <laughs> I think this is huge. I mean, it, it is it is not as huge 
and this is just my opinion, it's not as huge as the new iron went from Traeger. Come on, man. Ironwood XL at the Barbecue Pit Stop, boys. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, Barbecue Pit Stop, any of their five Utah locations. Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, the Jeezy. What's up, St. George? And our good friends in Murray right there across the street from the mall on State Street. Telling you they've got the best equipment. Your home for Traeger equipment. Barbecue Pit Stop. When you hear the words Barbecue Pit Stop, best equipment, BBQ Pit Stop. Dot com, bbqpitstop.com, Barbecue Pit Stop presents all of our college and NFL football talk here on the Monty Show. But the one thing that I think you need to consider is, what does San Diego State represent? Think about this. What does San Diego State represent? The only available property in Southern California. That's it. Who else is there? Are you going to get San Diego? You're not. Like, for instance. You're not going to get San Diego. So find me the school that is a P5 caliber program Yeah. in Southern California. Yep. There's one, and it is San Diego State. Program. And I think they are incredibly valuable. Let's not forget Snapdragon Stadium, well, bruh. I mean, as You've much got, as the name is kind of corny, why do you think they built the stadium? Yeah. I or mean, renovated it. it, it. it it no they built it it <clears throat> makes them a power player they've got new facilities they've got an energized fan base they've got a top 25 basketball program they've got one of the emerging football programs they play baseball there like they have athletics they're the only available d1 in southern california that's it they're the only one that's what they represent and when we talk about kill shots and crippling and yeah uh, you want to kill the, the Pac-10, you go and take San Diego State. Yep. Because if you get Gonzaga and you go to San Diego State, it's going to be awfully difficult for them to say no. That's what I'm saying. Hola, yeah. Billy. What's up, my Minnesota Wild Homer? He says, we can live without him. Okay. Okay. Uh, Greg Romano says, Utah football is not irrelevant. The Utah versus USC or Oregon television ratings prove it. I'm not saying that Utah is irrelevant. Utah is not a national power, and they should be. They should be. But they don't get... Again, this is the, the MLS writer in Minnesota that somehow has an AP football vote. I want Utah fan to take a step back and open your mind for a moment. Just for a moment, right? Like, we're not... Dude, We I love Utah football. Like, can we just get that out of the way? Like, there's a reason Brant Keithy's coming to the birthday bash. There's a reason that these these guys, that we're trying to get these guys out in the community. There's a reason that we're excited about the fact that Brant and Cam and all these guys are coming back for one more run. We love Utah football, but there is no getting away from the reality of it, that they are not a national power right now. Yes, have they gone to back-to-back -back Rose Bowls? Yes. Have Are they back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions? Yes. Yes, they are. But they do not have the relevancy of any of the, you know, top SEC teams, for, for example. You don't, I would even argue that you don't have the relevancy that Oregon does nationally. And you're better than mm -hmm. Oregon. 
Yeah. That's, that's that's what's the it. That's a that's the kick in the back. Yeah, is you're beating USC and they're more relevant than you. You're beating or again the last AP poll. Wasn't it last year or something? Utah beats USC and USC is still ranked ahead of them because oh well it's USC football. Yeah, let's put them Utah. No, you got to move them down. Like wait come on. Uh, wait hold on before I cast my ballot. The MLS highlights are on ESPN. Let me watch. That, because the Minnesota writer covers MLS and he has an AP football vote. Yeah. Do you think he's voting for USC? He doesn't watch football. USC or Utah? He clearly voted for USC. That, hello? I, the, <laughs> how do you say you're not? Oh, my God. No, I'm not doing this today. I am not doing this today. I'm keeping my clothes on. It's not going to happen. Uh, go Tigers. Well, I'm sorry. Go Black 45. Go Tigers. Uh, Utah is too loyal to the Pac-10 because they gave them an invite to step up to the big time. That is the problem. Could be. Could be. Hola, Billy. Good morning, sir. He's a member of the program. Appreciate uh -huh. that. Yeah. Uh, Utah in the Pac will always be better than any team in the Big 12. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, it, it is a little early to be smoking meth. I mean, <laughs> I, that's just my opinion. Right. Hola, Billy. I mean, listen, man. I mean, hallucinogens have their place in, you, you know, know, in in society. Right. I just don't think it's at six forty-eight in the morning. You know, uh, Big Twelve fan says Washington and Oregon have been doing it for years. That us why that is why they are more relevant. Utah's been doing it for more than a decade. They're the original BCS busters. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to Pervin Meyer. Are, uh, what are we even talking about? Like, I absolutely think that they're. Utah, this is the problem. Yeah. Utah is relevant. The, these Utah's comments, a power program. Yeah. yeah. Utah's yeah. a power program. People don't know it. Yeah. People don't know it. People have no idea. No idea. Brian Johnson, Alex Smith, <laughs> like Kyle Whittingham, Pervin Meyer, like I'm there, they have it. Uh Tanner Plummer says, random question. When you guys refer to BYU fans or Utah fans or Jazz fans, why do you say them in singular in the sing I do come on, man. I ain't here for that today. Uh, <laughs> guys, 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 guys. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> like, what participle are you talking about here? <laughs> are, are you isosceles or are you past participle nomenclature? Bro, what are you talking about, man? You know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Football at 50 in 60 seconds. But Gonzaga. Zaga. Is very relevant in basketball. They Gonzaga. Are. Absolutely, they are. Uh, you know, Brett Robbins says Pop Lizard Stadium. Snapdragon Pop to me. Pop Lizard Stadium. But Snapdragon Stadium is not awkward to me. I mean, they're a huge... I think Snapdragon's a tech company. I think they make... Don't they make components? That's a component company. Components. They're a, that, that's a big name. I think that's a great name for a stadium. Yeah. You know, uh, San Diego State says, as is Qualcomm. Yeah, you're an Aztec fan. Yeah, Glenn, what is What is Snapdragon? That's what I want to know. Big 12 fan says, uh, Big 12 doesn't want the arrogance of Utah. Yeah, they do. Anybody that says that the Big 12 doesn't want Utah is being more arrogant than the Pac-10. Yeah. They are. Absolutely, they are. Um, you know, but that's that's just me. Louis Capazzo, what's up in the GZ? Uh, he says, hey, Hullabilly, loyalty gets you nowhere when it comes to business. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Uh, Ron Loney. Hello, Ron Loney. Uh, got to add a top 10 program in B-Ball. 
Gonzaga. You know what I mean? Uh, anybody remember Jack Murphy Stadium? No, never heard of it. <laughs> that That's Qualcomm. The Murph was... Hello, man. Okay. Um, let's see. Rick Forrester says Utah will never get into the Big 12. Why do you say that? I don't... What do you mean? Why would Utah not get into the Big 12? Oh, because they don't listen to football at 50, 10 in the hour every hour. Is that what you mean? I actually think just Utah saying, does listen. Saying, you know. Football 50, 10 yeah. of the hour every hour. We bring the biggest stories in football. Thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Meatball marinara, baby. Have you had it? Drop it in the comments. Have you had the meatball marinara at Papa Murphy's? Come on now. I am telling you. You should do it. I'm giving you a discount code, Monty25, to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Love it. The meatball marinara is the greatest thing you're ever going to see, ever, as in forever. Speaking of um, football and the Big 12, how about this story out of BYU yesterday? Oh, Soul, my gosh. Soul J. Mayava Peters. Soul J is the best quarterback we've ever seen. Yeah, how about that back in the bowl game? People are like, oh, you guys don't know him. You're totally underrating him. He's going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. I don't know that anybody went there, but. Soul J was never going to be the best quarterback we've ever seen. Why? He can't throw the ball. Yeah, I. I, What do you mean? I I don't understand what they did in the ballgame. I don't get it. Soul J is a running back, folks. He flips from quarterback to running back. It's a stroke of genius. How very Whittingham of you. Um, it's a brilliant move because you need running back depth, even though I thought you, you flipped two great running backs. Listen, Soljay is no Tyler Algier, but he'll do. But he'll do. Uh, I, he's a wonderfully talented athlete, and I think putting the ball in his hands is exactly what you should be doing. I think this is a great move. And by the way, again, you're going into the Big 12. You did all of this unbelievable hiring on your coaching staff. I think they had a really good national signing day. I think they had a really good signing period. I think if you're BYU, you should be thrilled with where you are in football. I think they are. Now you got to go out and prove it. You got to go out and win games. But you feel like they did really well, Um, which is probably because everything you did was scripted. Right, right. Have you guys heard this story? Former NFL running back Arian Foster says that everything in the NFL is scripted. The NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah. Day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those before the season started? Or would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, we were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call. Because yeah, we, they hate you yeah, and they love the Colts, yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF, so it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't believe this for a second at all. I was DMing with a certain... Um, former NFL legend last night and he said this is absolutely a hoax I don't know what Arian Foster's doing I don't know why this is a thing I don't believe for a second the NFL is scripted Uh, I don't believe for a second that everything that went down this past weekend 
So you're telling me they're like, okay, uh, on third and 16, Patty Mahomes, we're going to not, we're not, listen, Jimmy Bob, you're not going to break his ankle. We need a high ankle sprain. So when you fall, miss it by, you know, like millimeters of millimeters of quadro hydrogen fusion and shit. Like, don't break his ankle. High ankle sprain, bro. Are we clear? Okay, let's practice that. Come on. Come on, dude. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, I just... Arian Foster, man, he was he was the Kyrie Irving of the NFL from a drama perspective back in his day. And, and he was fun as hell to watch in his Texans days. But this is this is a ploy at relevance scene. I think that, you know, I will say. But you, wait, Arian Foster's a crisis actor, right? Right. Is that right, what this yes, is? He's a crisis actor. He's a crisis actor. Your kids are all crisis actors. I will say, Is that though, what this is? I want to thank Arian Foster because without this clip that we just played, we wouldn't have all the awesome memes about scripted moments in the <laughs> NFL. You know, I love the end of it where they're like, oh, is, was that 2016 when they scripted that your career would end because you stopped believing in God? Like, He's dude. like, no, nah, bro, that was 2015. <laughs> 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 okay, I could be here for the officials and the fix and the officials don't call but, but don't call penalties on Tommy WWE, bro I mean he's he's Come saying on. that you know the entire league is scripted the way WWE is and I just don't believe it I don't buy it dude Did you script hitting Patrick Mahomes out of bounds and then did your teammate was it scripted that he Okay now make sure you yell about him bro, touching did, the quarterback before you get into the locker room Did Alex Smith script spiral listen, breaking his Alex, leg I know this is going to hurt but we have a wild idea for you Okay Wild <laughs> now, this is I know it's off the reservation but uh, our the creative guys team in the back room the creative team have come up with an idea You know um so you know Dan executed the sexual harassment you know like you know Really, I mean, he had his cheerleaders turning tricks. We wrote that into his script, and he executed it wonderfully. But now we've got to write a punishment for Danny. Yeah. So we're going to have to have a spiral fracture where we almost have to chop your leg off. Now, listen, we'll give you a hell of drugs, bro. So we'll numb the pain, but this shit's going to hurt. You won't have Viking in life. Is that what we're doing? Really? Now, listen, Dak. We need you to hit CD Lamb right in the hands. And CD, we need you to sell it. Don't catch it. Don't catch it. Give it to the other team without making it like you made a charity donation. Dude, are you now, Tommy? Listen, Tommy, you've been great for the league, but we scripted that whole tuck rule thing so you could be like the white legend. I mean, we're gonna have to get some revenge on your ass in Tampa. Yeah, and then once the tuck rule moment was done, we scripted in the divorce too, so that way people would say no, you were no, distracted. Look, we wrote this script to kill Al Davis. Yeah. Come on, dude. What are we doing? Get the hell out now of look, here with this. Now, on this Henry Ruggs thing. Dude. Let me just tell I'm you about this. Here. Okay. Now, now Mark dude. Davis, listen. I know that haircut's crazy, but our script on Henry Ruggs is going to blow your rug off. Bro. See what I there did there? Rugs and rug. There's a gift going around Instagram about Henry Ruggs that is a clip out of Fast you and guys. Furious saying, I run these streets. And it says, Henry Ruggs be like after reading this NFL script. Come on, dude. Cue, Come on. Cue Sam. Deshaun Watson's script was crazy writers were working overtime. Hey, on it. On, now bro. listen, Deshaun. Deshaun, you're probably not going to like this. Hear me out, Deshaun. So we were at Walmart and they had a sale on washcloths. And it just got me thinking. <laughs> 
It got me thinking. You're pretty small down there. We gotta give so if we turn it into a triangle. But listen, what we what what you lack in size will make up in airplane budgets to bring all these people into now, your hotel room. I met I I you know I threw out my sciatic in Atlanta and I met this masseuse. She does amazing back work. We'll fly her in. We'll get you and your little Willie hanging out in a hotel suite. And then let me tell you about this washcloth. It is pure Egyptian cotton. And you're just, I, it's so soft and supple. Uh, get out of here with this. Yeah. Scripted in the NFL. Yeah, we got a sphinx for you. <laughs> Tom, yeah, exactly. Tom, uh, Tom says, by the way, the NFL is rigged. So is the NBA. Tim Donaghy proved it. Okay. Tim okay, Donaghy's been on our is, show a thousand hold times. Hold on. Three up from where you are. What is Lewis saying? Uh, Capazzo says, Jake, do you tuck and roll? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where does that even come from, dude? <laughs> what? Okay, Kayfabe thinks WWE is scripted. I think probably is it no. Professional wrestling's not. No, it's fake. real. Come on. Are you kidding me? Uh Tyler P says, man, I wonder what the Browns and Jets did to get in the writer's dog. <laughs> <laughs> now look at Zacky Poo. Zacky Poo. Thanks for coming in. So we're going to need you to bang one of your mom's friends. I mean, we need to kick yeah, it up a notch yeah. because your coach rolled in here and he went off book with this whole all gas, no breaks thing. Yeah. Like that wasn't in his script. Yeah. We, he didn't ask permission. So if we're going to go all gas, no breaks, you got to get your mom's friends meet and we got to go yeah. to pound town. Yeah. Does she have any hot friends? Like, yeah. is that the jet script? She does actually, you know, she does. Anyway, Teddy Wayman's like, morning, y'all. Right on time, Teddy. Excellent work, Teddy. Right on time. Anyway, football 50, uh, 10 of the hour, every hour. What happened to this show? Is presented by the Papa Murphy's greatest ever pizza. It's the Heart Baker. This Valentine's Day, get a Heart Baker pizza from Papa Murphy's. You complete us. And we mean that literally. With Take and Bake, we prepare it. You make it yours. So make us yours today. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Now, Tommy, go with me on this, okay? Look, we need some controversy, so we're going to deflate your balls. <laughs> um, <laughs> the NFL is scripted. Papa Murphy's pizza ain't scripted, even though you know the script already. Download the Papa Murphy's app. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza, get the, the Heart Baker, get the absolute best meatballs you're ever going to have, the meatball marinara, the cheese inside the meatball. Bomb. Italian beef meatballs. Are, Dude. Mm, people. Use, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 hairs or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Jeff Johnson says, hey, can I get on board with the government being scripted? By I draw the line at football. Yeah, Infowars.com. Yes, now listen. Bob, I know you own the Patriots and you've done a really good job following the script. Infowars.com. So we're going to get crazy for a minute. Hear me out on this. Yeah, hear me out. Look, how old are you? You're like 97. Let's be honest. Uh, you're not getting any right at home. Please. She's just arm candy. 
Well, you know what? I know this lady who works over here at this massage parlor. <laughs> you know, if you've got time to roll past there before you get on the jet to the AFC championship game, pretty sure we can hook you up. We can get you taken care of. Now, listen, I got a friend in the police department. He promises not to check a box for video surveillance. It'll all be fine. You'll get off in the end. Well, no, you'll get up. You'll get. You'll get off. But <laughs> see, that came out wrong, Bobby. Bobby Kraft, that came out wrong. You'll get off at the parlor, but at the end, you'll also get off. Not at the parlor. Are kind of different getting off. I think you know what I'm saying here, Bob. Are you in or are you out? What are we doing I'm here? I'm gonna say this again. I already deflated Tommy's balls. Are you in or are you out? I think Buddy went all the way in. I think Buddy took it too literally. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> You ever just say shit and it's or stuff? Excuse my French. You ever just say stuff and you're like, um, <clears throat> I think they make medication um, for this. Um, <laughs> um, bro. Uh, if the NFL is scripted, what do they say to Bob Kraft? Like, how do dude, you pitch Bob Kraft I, the handy? <laughs> All right, Bobby. Know. Bobby, uh, thanks for having us down here on your yacht. Do you know what a handy is, <laughs> bro? Furthermore, no, I could I could envision a scenario where it's like Bob Kraft, his hot girlfriend who's only there for the money. Hey guys. And I got like Tom and Giselle. And they're like, all right, Tommy and Giselle, we've got one Tommy. for you. Why don't you guys start reading this script? Bob, read this one. I need you to go to page 16 where it says hand job. Here's the game plan. Just read through that paragraph real quick. And then they're like pitching Tommy and Giselle the divorce. And they're pitching Bob Kraft the handy at the parlor. <laughs> and it's like, it's the Wolf of Wall Street, right? Like Tommy's got on the sunglasses. Bob Kraft's got the roll of 20s. Like Cocaine and hookers, my friend. My God. Dude. Now, Bob, I'm telling you. Hey, It'll work. Here, Bobby. It's going to work. Now, Okay. Before we go to Buffalo and talk to Damar about this, let's let's bro, kind of <laughs> bro. Okay, Damar, buddy. No, Damar, listen, dude. You seem like a really nice guy, Damar. Bro, people in stadium. People in Pittsburgh love you. We we've written a scenario that ends up with you dead, which is you know just kind of weird. And this is Calvin. He's your body double. So here's how this is gonna work. <laughs> Know your role and shut your mouth. Dude. Tomorrow, relax. What do you mean you don't want to die? Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> hey, Damar, is it crazy? You're going to be dead, but not dead. We're going to have a body double. What are your thoughts on this, this like, storyline? And his name is John C. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what do you do? What do you, like... I could just see like the creative department and, and Roger Goodell. And they're like, okay, so Raj, what we're going to do is we're going to kill Damar Hamlin on Monday Night Football. And I know it sounds crazy, but um, um, do you think we can get anybody on the, on the Cincinnati sideline to shed a tear? Your thoughts. Damar Hamlin dies on the field. But then we'll, we're going to let the players know they only have five minutes to get ready. Yeah, they've got to hurry because we've got to, again, Roger, I know you hate being the heel, but you're such a dick that people buy it. Like, they're into you being a, you know, they're into you being a heel. They, 
nobody likes you, right? So we'll kill Demar Hamlin. We'll have the Bengals cry, and then we'll have you give them a five-minute notice to Joe Buck, who's actually a robot. I don't know if you know that. He's wearing a skin suit. He's actually a robot. Because he's dead, too. We killed him off in, like, season 71. Facial so, recognition. Yeah. I mean, he, that's why he wears the skin suit, so he can get into <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Oh, my God. You know, so he'll say, Roger gave a five-minute notice. People will hate you. DeMar's dead. Bengals are crying. Game's canceled. Holy cow. It's an erection. Yes! <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I really should have taken that lithium when they told me to. Okay, the Monty <laughs> Show is presented by our good friends at the Advocates. <laughs> the NFL is scripted. Now, Jerry, let's talk about Skeeters. Like, <laughs> what's the, what, How what's, many Skeeters can you circumcise today? Because I need to get that Skeeters line in the script for Hard Knocks. Like, what's the script on the Dallas Cowboys? How do you even come up with how incompetent they are? I think that's HIPAA. Right? Like, how does that even happen? Oh, my God. The Advocates. Um, Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Theadvocates.com. Um, listen, you know that driving in Utah, you take your life into your hands, right? And I would just tell you if somebody hits you because they were on your phone, you didn't deserve that. You were doing your job. You were being a responsible driver yesterday on the way home. We almost got caught between a semi-truck and a drifting pickup truck. It became personal with me. Sure enough, we hit the gas on the on Klaus, the Audi SQ5, blew past him, and what's he doing? Oh, hey, bro, what do you mean? The guy that was driving and drifting into our lane, what do you mean the NFL is fixed? Like, I'm guessing that's... You're okay. telling me the John Gruden emails were made up? Wait, John Gruden? Uh, anyway, the point is, <laughs> do you know the things that would have to be scripted for that to be true? You're welcome. My God. Uh, anyway, the point is, go to The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business at The Advocates. No consultation fees ever. No big retainers ever. In fact, you don't pay The Advocates until they win your case at theadvocates.com. You can chat with an attorney live online, 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, let's get some of your comments in here. Do you guys believe, real quick, and we'll get to the jazz in five minutes. Do you guys believe the NFL is scripted? Okay, I need I need an explanation. So if you scroll up to Tom, you got to scroll up a little bit. Right there, Tom. Tom's comment. Right here. Yeah. Not scripted, rigged. What's the difference? So what you're saying is the players don't know the outcome, but the officials know the outcome the league wants. So they call the foul on the Bengals or the penalty on the Bengals, but they don't on the Chiefs? It's really unfair. Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, I'm guessing. Could be. Uh, Tanner says, so true, Ken. I think Mrs. M needs to get Mott more pills. Oh, it, I mean, I, the, it goes up to flagpole just fine. Trust me. You want to? Uh, yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, Brett Robbins says, someone had a record-breaking cold plunge this morning. Yeah, you can tell, huh? Have a little bit of you energy can today. I you feel can tell. good. Dude, the water was cold today, and the pipe bends to the left. Uh, Excuse Tyler, me. <laughs> Tyler P says, I want the QBs of every team to enter the stadium like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Seriously. Stone Cold. I love the way Vince McMahon, back in the day, when it, yeah. was, when it was Stone Cold, was like the star. Yeah. And Vince McMahon would be talking about Steve Austin, and he would be like, Stone Cold. 
Steve Austin. <laughs> like he'd pause. Stone Cold. Steve Austin. It's my quarterback. Remember when the WWF was like good? The thing, yeah, it was cool. And it was like Vince McMahon was a complete loser. He always has been, always will be. But he was actually a really good character. And yeah. Like Steve Austin used to go into hospital rooms and beat his ass while Vince McMahon was wearing tidy whities and... Like, all of the good stuff. The Undertaker would always come back from the dead. Dude, like, the stuff outside of the ring is the best stuff. It, like, that's when wrestling was fun. Man. Uh, yes, there is a part of the NFL that is rigged. I don't believe that. I don't. Uh, you two are on fire today, Roger Sales says. We try. We try. Ken Williams says, uh, you must have gotten lucky this morning. Man. Well, you know, the guy no. that usually drives around with his headlights off had him on today. So, I mean, you know, you know. we, you know. Uh, <laughs> Andy H says, Joe F. Buck is always toasted with Troy. They bang out a bottle of Jack before the games. Jesus. Wow. Uh, True Ken Monty got way lucky every day. I, I got lucky because I woke you know. Uh Tom says, systematic racism planned obsolescence. Obsolescence. Uh, and rig sports, things that are real, but some people can't accept it. Okay, Tom. Well, um, this here's got, the deal, man. This um, got very serious. Uh, what, what brand of um, of tinfoil are we working with here? Yeah. Um, Reynolds Ramp. Yeah. You know, Holabilly says, LMAO, just trolling. I don't give a flip. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Alex Caruso is scripted. Totally. He's knocking that three down in the corner every time you give it to him. Uh, Andy H says, RG3, we don't like your hair. You're out. Sorry, pal. Well, well, listen, RG3, those braids. Let me tell you something. Uh... <laughs> if he could have stayed healthy, dude, my God. Um, let's go. Dale Donut says, speaking of hockey in Utah, with Utah pushing for a bid to the Olympics again, is there a real push to get an NHL team out of it? There's not. By the way, did anybody come to the Grizzlies game last night and notice the Oregon? Dude. They're using an organ now here at the Maverick Center. So it's amazing. Sick, dude. I'm telling you, if you have not been to a Grizzlies game Friday and Saturday, do it. Allen's <clears> in town. <throat> I'm telling you, this building is incredible. The, the organ, the new visuals, those four end screens, like I'm telling do you. Do it. The Jumbotron, dude. Uh, Jake Gordon says there's no way the NFL is scripted like you always say. Too many people would have to be involved, making it unrealistic. Just like the Damar Hamlin, like the Damar the Hamlin guy. Yeah, that, that, it, and it's like, all right, who wrote this one? Oh, Alex Jones wrote this one. The okay. The answer is yes. Aliens and body doubles, then. I see Skin where we're suits. going. Right? Like, just the, the craziness of Damar Hamlin's not dead. Oh, he is dead. Body double. Do you know how hard it is to pull that off? And nobody has ever said it. The NFL has been scripted. And nobody's ever said anything. Let's just pretend back to 2015, like Arian Foster said, that, hey, the NFL is scripted. Do you know how many people would have to be involved in that? You and your mom are hillbillies. Do you, do you have any idea? It's too much, dude. And nobody's ever said anything until right now when Arian Foster was forced to retire because he hates God? Yeah, I mean, I would That's agree. The, I, wait, wait, know. wait. That's the story we're going with. And I'll play this Arian Foster clip again in a minute. Yeah. The story we're going with is we only found out that the NFL was scripted because Arian Foster now hates God. In God's name, image, and likeness. That's what we're all going with. Because he he became he became what? An atheist in twenty fifteen? And God bless. so the NFL's like, yeah, whew, 
I know we kill players and we script Bob Kraft getting handies, but we cannot have any of you Jezebels in this league. That's the story we're going with. That's every day. Uh, yeah, somehow I don't buy it. The NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah. Day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those? Before the season started, would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, we were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call yeah, because they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts. Yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF. So it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you just still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> in 2016, when your um, when when your career fell off a cliff because you started hating God. No, that was 2015. God pissed me off. Something fierce in 2015. Oh shit! And you haven't said anything until now. Uh, your career ended. What did you have to? That this is such. Garbage. So wait, are there any people? Let Come me on. Ask, let me ask you this. Come on. Are there any people in the comments section that have positions on NFL games? <laughs> and and still believe the NFL is scripted and rigged? Is that nice. why you have positions, dude, dude? Come on, come on! Like seriously, you you I, I and let's get and I'll, like let's stop scripting handies and people dying and get real. <laughs> we keep it real. Look, do you really believe the NFL is scripted? And again, I'm here for while the officials. Okay, I'm here for that. I am not here for, okay, on third and six, we're going to need Alex Smith to roll the pocket right, and uh, Jackie Bones over here is going to come in like spiral fracture his leg. Now, to do that, make sure you get good leverage on the toe and you just twist that bitch like nobody's business. People are misinterpreting what I'm saying. Like, is that... Oh, he went too far. We only told him high ankle sprain, and he put a spiral fracture on Alex. That's not my fault. He's getting fined. <laughs> like, it's, you don't believe this. I don't believe that. I don't I don't believe that. Sorry, man. I don't believe that. I, I just, I don't. Uh, Arlington Bears, good morning. He says, early morning meeting. Catch you boys later. See all right, buddy. man, make sure you, and he did. Exactly right. Hit the like button on the way out. Thank you. If all 167 of you hit the like button right now, that would be tremendous. We appreciate it. Uh, Rogers rumors to the rumored to the Raiders. Well, that's not rumored. I mean, it's scripted. It's that's scripted. Yeah, come on. You know, uh, Tanner Plummer says GS seven is not scripted. Exactly. 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 Right. Uh, Tim Brockmiller says, is your Mark writing the script for the pac 10? I believe he is. Yeah. I believe he's the creative director for the downfall of the pac 10. <laughs> Right, like, and then we're gonna get this idiot Kleovcock. He's been begging to be a talent for I don't know how. Now long. we're gonna package him as the the Jesus Christ, the savior of the pack, who's gonna replace Larry Scott, who was the right. devil. But we're gonna need the oh, man. I, we're probably gonna have to get the board of regents involved in this thing. God bless. I mean, come on. Like, do you know? Y- you would hope. You know what? You would hope the the disaster that is the Pac-10 yeah. is scripted, right? You would That's hope the that only it's way scripted. It makes sense. That's the only you way know? it makes sense. Yeah. 
That's it. I don't know. Uh, there's an organ at the Mav. I got to go to the Grizzlies game now. It, yes. And it's amazing. Dude, we, so after it is the amazing. Show, after the show yesterday, we're doing our thing. And we just start hearing yeah, this we're organ. Yeah, scri we're scripting the show and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, our takes are just scripted and, you know, we don't have opinions. So, yeah. anyway, point you is. Um, so, we're just doing our thing here. And the organ starts. But we're like, what is that? What, what is that? We walk out there and dude's in a full-on organ manifesto i'm talking about like 10 15 minutes of just straight music it was amazing like it was all it was awesome it was awesome it was absolutely amazing uh lewis says just say no to the olympics once was enough no no i would love the olympics to come back why do you not want the olympics uh tyler p says Devonte hinting on twitter he wants rogers to the raiders i well, of course he does he looks like an idiot you know, for leaving rogers now. i would agree with that ron nolan says the book of the nfl is scripted it is they wrote like an oral history of it um, and Bob Kraft was in charge of the oral history. Never mind. McKinley Cutler, the Olympics are a joke, corrupt, bloated, and damaging uh, to most host cities. Yeah, don't disagree with that. Anton says the same argument goes for the NBA officiating being rigged. No way every single ref would be in on it without it leaking. Agreed. Maybe Donaghy was the guy that leaked it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Tyler P says Devonte put on Twitter asking what neighborhood Rogers moving to in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, notice since Rogers got hurt, you can't touch a quarterback the next year. Truth, truth. Uh, Robert Lambert says Walker Kessler or more NFL scripted BS. Walker Kessler had a hell of a game last night. Can we talk about it? Wow, Robert Lambert seems upset this morning. Bro, are you mad? Seems. Do you know how much jazz we talk on this show? <laughs> Like a ton. I mean, okay, we can talk about it. Okay, fine. Fine. We'll stop having fun and we'll talk about the jazz. Good Lord. Sorry, we ruined your morning, sir. All of our Utah jazz talk on this show presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. The jazz, in fact, did win last night. Um, the Utah jazz beat the Toronto Raptors 131-128. Uh, Walker Kessler had a double-double, 17, 14, and seven incredible blocks. And I, I think the the overhype train is way out of the station on Walker Kessler. I think Walker's a great player. He's not the best center in the NBA. Yeah. We need to stop saying that because he's not better than Joel Embiid. He's not like – he is a good rookie player. That's what he is right now. And, and I think we've we've told you – I think he should start every single game. Okay, well, now he is. I think when he starts, he's going to average a double-double. A double. Well, now he is, right? And you're seeing the limited ability of Kelly Olynyk compared to Walker Kessler, who is one of the better rim runners in the NBA right now. And I think he's one of the better shot blockers in the NBA right now. But he's not the best center in the NBA, and I want to be careful. I think we need to temper expectations for Walker, because is this not exactly what we did to Rudy Gobert? Mm -hmm. And you guys are dicks for being wrong on... Rudy Gobert was a great player for what he was. Walker Kessler's a great player for what he is. But you've got to give him time and space to develop. He is not a good offensive player at this point. He is a reactionary offensive player. You can throw him lobs, he can run the pick and roll, and, it, and he's a phenomenal rebounder, so he's going to get his in putbacks. And he's a great shot blocker. No, Walker Kessler, not Rudy Gobert. Because do you notice how you, you describe their games the same way? Great shot blocker. 
Who am I talking about? Rudy Gobert or Walker Kessler? Great shot blocker. Really good rebounder. Really limited offensive player. Really good in the pick and roll. Catches lobs exceptionally well. Like there's no differential at this point. So calling Walker Kessler the best center in the NBA, I think is a massive mistake. Yeah, man, I completely agree. I, I mean, he had a great game. I, I love watching the guy play basketball, 100%. I mean, I, I again, we're not saying he sucks. I think no, not at you all. just can't say he's Joel Embiid good. You can't say he's Jokic good. Like, I, let's not, let's not, you know, get into the weeds on Walker Kessler. Yeah, the guy made the Rising Stars game. That's great. That's what, that's everything that you would want in your rookie season. I, I still maintain this summer Dude needs to get in the weight room and lift some weights, and dude needs to come back with a jump shot. If he does those two things, he'll be an all-star next year. He will be on, on the all-star game roster. He will, because he will be able to affect games at a much higher rate. He'll be able to give you 25 a night, you know, because he's got, you know, three or four pick-and-pop jumpers that give him an extra six to eight points a night, which in this league is a big deal as far as all-star and accolades and stats and all that good stuff. So to me... I just look at this and I say Walker Kessler is talented and he needs to develop. And I, the difference is now, you know, I feel like because Fizdale is here, Walker Kessler can develop. And by the way, it's no surprise that Pau Gasol is, is, you know, attached to the rising stars game and he's going to be part of all-star weekend. I, I really do feel like Walker Kessler's game can grow into what Pau Gasol was for the league in his day. And I, and I, and I think if that ever happens, the Jazz are going to be in a great place because you've already got Laurie doing what Laurie's doing. And if you can get Walker to be a threat offensively that the defense has to respect, you, you, that's, that's everything you could ever want out of a, out of a, out of a starting center. Yeah. And I, I just, just go slow. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the pace of his development because he's developing at, a, at an exceptional level. Enjoy the fact that Danny Ainge dominated the Minnesota Timberwolves to get that deal done that included Walker Kessler. Enjoy that. Absolutely enjoy the fact that you're watching a guy bloom right before your eyes and not just one, two, because Laurie had a great game last night as well. I yeah. thought he really affected the game. And I think one of the interesting storylines coming out of last night is Colin Sexton was actually really solid last night. I think this is one of the better games he's played for the Jazz. And I think there is a real serious conversation about whether or not the Utah Jazz should trade or hang on to, to Colin Sexton. Mm -hmm. And when I see him play the way he played last night, I think you got to lean towards hanging on to Colin Sexton. Because I think he is a guy who can get back to being that consistent 20-point-a-night guy. Yeah. The question is, will he ever be a 5, 7, 8, 10 dime guy? Will he ever be a team player inside of an offense, Jake? And the answer is, I don't know. But I'd certainly like to find out next season. I hope they hang on to him. Yeah. I mean, again, he's just another guy that needs development. I think that, you know, again, it's like, I I feel like this conversation gets repetitive, but it's it, it just is what it is. Like, you know, Colin Sexton, Walker Kessler, like even Laurie, these guys who are the core of your team right now, they need development. They need to continue to get minutes. And, and you know, we're in this Instagram chat last night, and, and I'm sitting here talking about how, you know, you're you're seeing some growing pains with Colin Sexton. There are some things he does inside of the game where you're like, man, like I wish he wouldn't have turned it over there. Like that seems like a pretty easy play to run, but he still turned it over. Like those are things that young players do. So to me, it's just, you know, these guys, you just have to keep giving them minutes. But I, I, I think the thing, the difference between Walker Kessler and Colin Sexton is I don't think Walker Kessler is getting moved under any circumstances. I think Colin Sexton 
could be available for a, a, a price inside of a trade. I think that, you know, you're not married to Colin Sexton, but you are married to Walker Kessler, as you should be, because I think Walker Kessler projects to be, you know, really top-end player in this league, but he's got to continue to to develop. And I maintain that there's no excuse for not having a jump shot in today's NBA. None. Like, I, I don't feel bad for Rudy Gobert because he can't shoot a basketball. You're an NBA player. You've got everything you need to develop a jump shot. There's no excuse. And so to me, it's like with Walker Kessler, I know he's got a little bit of a jump shot, but he's that jump shot, the confidence level on that thing's got to go way up. You got to be able to 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 read, okay, my guy is playing SAG defense and I have a bunch of room to shoot this thing at the elbow extended. Let me go ahead and take this shot because that's what my team needs me to do. And you got to be able to make that three or four times a game because that's the number of opportunities you're getting. Yeah, and I, I also think that when you look at some of the numbers that, that we were, we've been looking at, I, I think you're getting really good contributions across the board. And I think the this policy of, hey, Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen are largely untouchable. I mean, it would be 10 first-round picks and, you know, $69 million in cash. Like, I don't even know what it would take to get Larry Markkinen yeah. and Walker Kessler out of here, right? And I think that's exactly how it should be. And I think when you you look at the way this this game in particular last night, I just thought really was telling um, about the Jazz because I think you need Colin Sexton to begin to thrive under Will Hardy. Because one of the conversations I've had quite a bit about Will Hardy is he is a guy that makes snap decisions on players. And if you're good, you're in. If you're in, hey, good. But like you look at Talon Horton Tucker, Talon Horton Tucker's involved in that Phoenix Atlanta Utah trade a month ago. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden he starts getting a, a good bit of minutes, a lot of minutes, a lot of minutes, a lot of minutes. Well, now you play him too much, he gets overexposed. So now you're not playing him at all. And I think the same thing happened with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And I think the same thing happened with, you know, Ochai Agbaji to a certain extent. But Agbaji's so damn athletic and he, he is such a wanting player that he, is, he has earned the right to keep getting those minutes. But guys yeah. like THT, guys like NAW, those guys are dead now. Like, it, it is, it's going to be really interesting to see, like, who stays and who goes. I'm not a big fan of you know, the, the concept of being so hot and cold on guys. I, I think that that was one of the things that I really didn't like about Quinn Snyder, that guys just never saw the floor. There were some guys on that roster oh. that literally just never played. When you were done with Quinn, you never got started again. Like you were in the doghouse and he locked the door. Yeah. Like and, it and, was over. And to me, I, I just think if I'm Will Hardy, I, you can't do that. Like, I think I, I agree with the concept that you got to have a top seven on any roster. You got to have a top seven. You got your five starters and the two guys who are first off the bench. It's just, that's just how the business of rosters work. But those final, you know, four or five guys, you know, like they should get, it's not hard to find 10 minutes a night for a guy. It's no. just not. There are plenty but of minutes. I also think that a week from now, this roster is going to look markedly different. Yeah. Yeah, The NBA trade deadline is a week away. And I think it's going to look remarkably different for the Utah Jazz. And I think when you're a guy like an NAW, I don't think they're going to move him. I think he has very little value in this league. Well, we're going to find out what he is uh, March, April, May. Because, I mean, it, it just is one of those things to really March, April. You're going to find out who that cat is because that's who's going to be here to play. Yeah, And I think that you should be thrilled as a as a Jazz fan. And I think... This is part of that conversation about, is this team a playoff team? 
And I don't necessarily believe that this is a playoff team. Right now you are. You're at what? The game over 500 in the ninth spot? You're a playoff team. But I also think this roster is going to be significantly different. I, I, I will tell you adamantly, I was told yesterday, that Mike Conley has now become the most in-demand Utah Jazz player in the trade market and that Miami has significantly stepped up its push to make a deal that involves Mike Conley. Now, they can't do it on their own, and we talk about this repeatedly, but they don't have the capital to do it on their own right. in that they don't own their pick in this coming draft. There is some question about what Miami can offer because the Jazz have told the Heat they're not interested in taking Duncan Robinson. Right. So that really limits what they can do. And now that Tyler Hero is a starter, I mean, they're not trading Tyler Hero at this point. And I think the thing with Miami that makes them so interesting is they're one of the top suitors on Malik Beasley as well. So can you put Conley and Beasley into the same deal? I think you can. And I think you can get significant balance in return for that. The question is, who's that third team? And again, I think that you have to you have to try and do a deal with Phoenix because I think Phoenix is a great dance partner. I think Dallas is a really, again, a really good fit because you know they want Mike Conley. Uh, as we've reported on this show, They, the Dallas Mavericks, we have been told repeatedly, Mike Conley is one of their top targets. My name is and I think, I think the Clippers' interest in Mike has waned because I think they believe they can get Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. And so I think Fred Van Vliet has become the hottest point guard commodity because the Raptors have said he's available. And I think that Fred makes a lot of sense for the L.A. Clippers. Now, can they fit him under their cap? I mean, you're paying Paul George and Kawhi Leonard $80 million plus. So it's going to be tough to fit him under your cap. But there's a deal to be made there, certainly. And I think... You know, again, I look at Mike Conley and Malik Beasley. Those guys are in demand around the league. I, I truly believe that Cleveland's a team, Miami's a team, Dallas is a team now. Like this OG Ananobi conversation we had yesterday, Yeah, I, I have told you repeatedly, I think there's only one place for OG Ananobi. And again, I think it's the New York Knicks. I think he is a better, more, more ready offensive force than R.J. Barrett is. And I think the fact that the, the Knicks believe that they should be contending for multiple playoff wins, series wins, they want to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah. You're going to have to go get an OG Ananobi to do that because he's a better defender than R.J. Barrett is. Mm -hmm. And I think he's an upgrade. Now, does that mean that R.J. Barrett's involved in that deal? Not necessarily. But I also don't see the Knicks giving three first-round picks to get that deal done. But that's see, that's also another side of this whole thing where you have – you know, all these teams, including Danny, overvaluing their assets right now. And I look at it and I say, that makes sense because we're still a week out. You know, I, I'm telling you, this thing will heat up with like three days to go. Because once you're inside of like a couple of days, now you got to start solidifying stuff. Okay, we got a couple of days to go here. I got to get on the phone and I got to start actually making deals. We're through the feeling out process. We're through the test driving process. Now I need yes. you to run my credit. Now I need you to start bringing me paperwork, right? That's where that's where I feel like we're 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 heading, and that's why I think you're starting to hear, "Hey, Mike Conley, Mike Conley, Fred Van Vliet." Like Van Vliet hadn't been on the radar for a minute, you know. Like there was some rumblings, like at the beginning of the year, just because you know he's getting a little older now, but he's still got value. He's kind of in that same, you know, that same thought process as like JC is, where he's a he, you know, he's in his thirties, but he can still be massively valued value to uh, a championship contender. Van Vliet's the same guy. You know, the difference is, is Van Vliet's got a ring 
and Van Vliet has, you know, way more experience. That's the difference. So, you know, to me, I, I just look at the trade market and I say, okay, three first-round picks for OG Ananobi is way too much. Way Two too much. Two first-round picks is a lot, but you can kind of stomach it. A pick and a player, to me, feels proper. But we'll see. My point is... These prices are going to come down. Have to. You should have a three first-round pick tag on OG and Anobi. Well, now it's a week before the deadline. So, you know, like, and, and again, well, I do enjoy it, but we don't often like saying, hey, we told you so. Well, we do. We say it all the time because we usually do. Anyway, the point is, this story from Shams yesterday, John Collins, the Atlanta Hawks have lowered his uh, asking price. Oh, how many weeks ago did we tell you that? That they want to move John Collins and all of this stuff about how John is now untouchable in Atlanta, complete garbage. But like, think about Atlanta. Think about it. Like, and this is what I encourage you guys to do about any of these trade scenarios. We get in the Instagram membership chat. Again, another reason to, to join the membership because you get access to these conversations. Yes. So a lot of people, I think it was Sam, I think, I can't remember because we get so many comments in the in that chat. But somebody, I think it was Sam, had put in a bunch of screenshots of different trade scenarios. And I said, hey, you know, we don't like to do the whole speculation, you know, 87 different trade scenarios. Mm -hmm. But, like, some of these have a lot of credence to them. And I would encourage you guys to put yourself in the shoes of Atlanta as an example. Atlanta is a team that's on the precipice of being a true postseason threat. Yes, they're a playoff team, but they're not someone who's who's actually, like, really gone out and won a big no, series. And much like the Knicks, they have a ton of dysfunction. So on that when you roster. look at John Collins, John Collins is a guy who struggles to get his fair share of minutes on that team because you have other guys that eat those minutes. So it's like to me, why would you not move John Collins? And you need three point shooting there. Yeah. The question is with Atlanta, by the way, and they're here tomorrow night, you're gonna see them. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a is a really interesting player. Again, we told you that he has been one of the most in-demand names on the trade market. And the question is, does Atlanta want to move him? Yeah. They could have a, a deal for him, no doubt about it. Phoenix would love, they would do backflips to get Bogdan Bogdanovich on that, on that roster. I don't know that there's an appetite for Atlanta to do that. And if, they, if they're serious about making a run, I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to move John Collins at a minimum because you need, you need a, a knockdown wing player there. Because DeJounte Murray, as good as he has been uh, for them, and I think he has been good, again, it's created dysfunction. And you, I think what you need is a Malik Beasley standing on the wing for them, a role player who doesn't have to be a volume guy, right? I think that's really, if it, and a guy that knocks down the three at a higher level, that's Malik Beasley. Yeah. So I think you need that, and you need Trey Young to be consistently healthy and not be a pain in the ass, frankly. Uh, speaking of Sam Mott, Sam says, a question for you two. If you could get Miles McBride and we had to give up Colin Sexton, would you do? No, absolutely not. No. Miles McBride is a... is a. Let's talk about a project. He's a project. Yeah. I would agree with that. And he, he just has not been a contributor. Like, again, I think when you look at that Knicks roster, I mean, you have guys that you like on that team. Miles McBride is not a bad player. Quentin Grimes is a guy... You know, when you look at Grimes, his development, he's averaging double figures now. But he's capable of giving you 20 on any night, mm -hmm. right? They're, the problem in the, the, with the Knicks, frankly, is they don't have enough three-point shooting. Again, another team that doesn't have enough three-point shooting. How yeah. is that possible in this league? And you're largely reliant 
on two guys to 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 deliver the the, the win. You you have got to have Julius Randle. He's got to shoot threes and yes. he's got to perform at a high level. And that's if you're the Knicks, that's not a recipe for success. Do the Knicks have to- too many Obi Toppins? They have too many McBrides. They have too many Grimes. Like yeah. you got to move some of these guys. And by the way, by the way. You know the other team that I'm a little concerned about right now? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Because mm. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> have come down to earth a little bit. Because you're not getting the... I don't think you're getting the three-point shooting you thought you were going to get on that team. If it's not Don or Darius Garland shooting, you're. I don't know that it's going in. They they don't have a guy. And, and you know, frankly, the, the, the frustrating guy on that team has been Dean Wade. Yeah. Because he's actually a really good corner three guy, but he hasn't played enough. Wade, Wade is Dean Wade uh, has only played 23 games for them. That was a half or so. I, I mean, that that is well, I mean, we're in the 50s now. So I, so I, yeah, I just less than half. You, you played less than half. Like he's your Joe Harris and he's just not playing another team that needs another three point shooter. The Brooklyn so Nets. Saying, like, you see all these teams, you know, a lot of these teams in the East, couple in the West that need help. They need, I'm telling you this, I don't know. I, I And I know this is classic. I'm not breaking any news here. It's either going to be a, a million deals or not much is getting done. There is no in-between at the deadline. Like, yeah. you don't get like, you know, oh, there were two deals made and uh, that was it. Like, you, you, like you just, it, it, it it's going to be to the extremes here. And my, my, my opinion is that we're going to get a lot of deals because I just, I, I, when anytime you've got a lot of teams that are fringe playoff team like like Atlanta, let's say, who's in the playoffs but doesn't have enough to get over the bump. But call or, them what they are. When you have a lot of buyers and very few sellers, yeah, some teams are going to have to be on a tipping point. This is Toronto. Is Toronto a buyer or a seller? They should be a seller. Yeah, they is, should be a seller. Are the Knicks a buyer or a seller? We did a YouTube short the other day on this. The Knicks should be sellers. There's no doubt about that. The yeah. Knicks, the Knicks, and. Some of these teams that are sellers are also in a position where what you get in return is going to make you a buyer. Because I think if the Knicks have the balls to make trades and they're willing to give up the OB Toppins and the McBrides and the Quentin Grimes and well, I just this is but this is my thing philosophically. Why would you not be willing to give those guys up? Like if I'm Leon Rose, I, like what are you hanging on to? Why is Hartenstein on this roster? <laughs> if you're the Knicks, he's it's redundancy. Yeah. Now Mitchell Robinson's hurt right now, but he's going to be back here in ten days. I think when when you look at the Knicks, the Knicks should be a seller. But like, come on, you but can't they should tell improve me. by selling. You can't tell me like Hartenstein's a great example of, of this conversation and the examples of things that need to be fixed at the trade deadline. You can't tell me that you don't have a G League guy you could bring up to be a backup bench player while Mitchell's hurt. But he'd be hurt. a third, right? Like he'd be a third center. Like if you look at. The combination of Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle should be plenty of size. Yes. But who's the problem in this conversation? R.J. Barrett. Because R.J. Barrett's soft. He's not the rebounder he should be. He's not, like, yeah. he's just a soft guy. Now, if you turn R.J. Barrett and O.G. and Anobi, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, now we're cooking with gas. Yes. Right? And, and that's, to me, that's the issue yeah. for them. They have got to determine who they're, who's staying and who's going. And look at what ESPN's running out, right? This rumor mill about Fred Van Vliet to the Lakers now. That's I, I but and again, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know how you make that trade. Yeah. Because is Toronto and I understand why Toronto would take Russell Westbrook in an expiring deal. He's got a forty seven million dollar expiring contract. That's yeah. a lot of bread, dude. Yep. 
Like, I understand that for a rebuilding team. It's why I advocated for taking Russell Westbrook with the Jazz. I totally advocate for that. But are you really going to trade Fred Van Vliet for cap space? Cap space and what? Is Lonnie Walker getting that deal done? Probably not. Is, you know, Austin get, getting that deal? Um, Reeves. Re, Austin but Reeves. I, but, like, I don't want to trade Austin, Austin Reeves. But that's you know my what point. I mean? Like, I don't want to Is Austin Reeves guys. getting that done? Is this not any different than Anthony Davis, who's always hurt? And you, you gave up a boatload of young talent. Wouldn't you love to have Kyle Kuzma? I don't know. Is Kyle Kuzma Kyle Kuzma with the Washington or with the Lakers? Yeah. I want the Washington version, not, not the Lakers version. Street clothes Davis. You know, like, that. that's the question. It, yeah. It's just, it's one of these things where you have to figure out who you are and where you are and where you're going. And I think Toronto understands that they have a, a, I think they know that Pascal Siakam is not a guy that can be your best player on a championship roster. Yeah. He can't. He wasn't when they won. He's not now. Fred Van Vliet's going to get a, a, a pretty good extension here. Like I, if I'm Toronto, I'm trading him. Yeah, I am. I don't know that the Lakers have the balls to get it done. I, I really don't. And again, I still maintain, why isn't the Milwaukee-Jay Crowder deal done yet? Because I was told the other day that that was very close. Yeah. Why didn't that deal happen yet? Well, uh, my guess is that Milwaukee and Phoenix are trying to figure that out because, by the way, who's got leverage in that deal? Who's got leverage in that trade? If Jay Crowder winds up in, in, in Milwaukee and the, the Suns trade Crowder to Milwaukee, Who's got the leverage in that deal? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't My think any. fucking ass. Phoenix absolutely has to make that trade. Jay Crowder is a black hole in their roster. No production, paying him big money, nothing. That is a dead spot on your roster. Make that trade, right? Okay, so you would think Milwaukee has the leverage. Well, actually, Milwaukee needs a 3 and D guy. And my guess is Jay Crowder can fill that role for them. They, yeah. you, you've got to have but better defense on the wing, and you've got to have a guy that can knock down the three. Yeah. It's Jay Crowder. So Phoenix has the leverage, right? Well, no, but Phoenix wants to win a championship. So Milwaukee, but Milwaukee wants to. Yeah. Who's the leverage in that And that's deal? why I'm saying the Danny, Danny Ainge is an X factor in all of these concepts. And if you're Danny Ainge, just back up the boat and let it drift into the middle of their ocean. Yeah. And be the bridge to make that deal work. Yep. Because Phoenix owns all of its future draft capital. Do you see the gray area in that kind of situation with, like, you know, what he was just describing between Phoenix and Milwaukee? Who's got the leverage? Who's got the power? And sometimes it's undefined. And that's where I, when I always talk about, hey, Danny's good at painting the picture and really, like, you know, in a nice way, in a savvy way, in a in a in a really constructive way, tightening the screws on trades because. He's like, hey, man, this is this, like I truly believe and, and, and this could be totally wrong. I could be way off base on this, but just on the trades he's been able to make, I've thought a lot about how is it even possible that he got that kind of value? How is it even possible yeah. that he got Walker Kessler out of Minnesota as part of the Gobert deal? And what what I've come to and again, could be wrong, but what I've come to is Danny Ainge paints a picture. He storytells, which is a really effective sales tactic. Hey, listen. You know that you're going to have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. You're going to be the most dominant team at the rim. We look at look at Rudy's seventy percent field goal percentage. You really think that having those two guys, you're not going to be able to go and chase a championship? We all know that they're not going to be able to chase a championship. And, and, and but and what happens though? Yeah. What happens is Minnesota buys into that, and then Danny Ainge is like, "By the way, I, I'm going to have to get Walker Kessler to make that." domination for you yeah to make that happen and to have you win a championship i'm gonna have to get walker kessler yeah 
That's what people are worried about. That's that's the don't get aged thing. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like when we're talking about Atlanta, when we're talking about Phoenix, Milwaukee. Well, but Miami like, becomes a very Miami. interesting example yeah. in this yes. because Miami is going to have to help if if they're going to land Beasley or Mike Conley, they're going to have to get help. Threesley. And I think again, I still maintain this three way deal with Bogdan Bogdanovich going to Phoenix, Jay Crowder going to Atlanta. Vando and and Beasley in that trade, and then you're going to wind up getting John Collins in return. Yeah, and you know, really, Dario Saric is probably the best contract, and you'll include a guy like Talon Horton Tucker's ten million dollar deal. He'll go to Atlanta, and you'll wind up with, I think, probably Conley or Beasley in that deal. Like there is a deal to be done there. There is a deal to be done, and I think Atlanta would do it if you if if. If Atlanta got Beasley, I think they would do it. Yeah. I think if, and I'm telling you, again, not to keep telling you I told you so, but what did we tell you about Phoenix and Chris yes, Paul? Yes, yes, Dude. They're looking for point guard help in Phoenix. You know. And we, again, I think we told you that 10 days ago. What was the report yesterday out of Phoenix? Oh, they're done with Chris Paul. They realize he's no longer the future and he they cannot rely on him. So that's why Phoenix is in on Fred Van Vliet and Mike Conley as well. I, I again will say, I think the loudest suitor right now is probably Miami for Mike Conley. Yeah. I think the, the, he, his likely end spot would be Dallas. And I think the LA teams are on Fred Van Vliet. I think that that's, that's what I've been hearing. And I think there's no doubt about that yeah. in my, in my mind that Miami could really benefit because Kyle Lowry's just not that dude. Kyle Lowry and C CP3 are almost the same guy at this yeah. point. Yep. And I look at Mike Conley, and again, look at Mike's line last night. And I know, I know again, it's not going to be spectacular, and you're going to call me crazy, I'm sure. Mike Conley last night, 5 of 8, 0 of 3 from 3, 9 of 9 from the line, right? He gives you three boards, eight dimes, two blocks, 19 points. Solid, dude. What does he do for you? And the, the stat there that matters most, in my opinion, nine for nine from the line. And we've talked about this now for an extended amount of time. You've got to be able to get to the line and make your free throws in this league. Donovan Mitchell is the perfect example of that. You've got to be able to get to the yep. line and make your free throws. Yep. And I feel like Mike Conley brings brings a lot of value in that. Yeah. I, I truly do. All right, some of you, let's get your comments in here. Brent Burnett says the Jazz have the best approach, which is to be a buyer and a seller. I don't know that I would. They're not in any way a buyer, in my opinion. I, I they're, I just, I the think. The proper label is an operator. An operator. Yeah, that's they are, the proper label. And the, by the way, this isn't a secret or they're not doing something. This is exactly what Danny Ainge did in Boston. He he spent one year completely rebuilding that roster and and picked up a bunch of assets and players and flip that into we're going to win a championship. And that's exactly what I'm telling you he's doing now. Danny Ainge straight up sat here and said, hey, I'm not a young guy. I don't have time for a, a rebuild. Yeah, He's not doing what Oklahoma City's doing. He's not doing that. You know, like it, it just is, it, 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 I just don't know how you get away from the fact that you've got to trade the, and I tried to avoid talking about this today, but you've got to trade Jordan Clarkson. And I know it pisses everybody off when I say that, but you've got to trade him. Yeah. It, it is so imperative. One of the NBA guys I was talking to yesterday said, 
Resigning him is missing an opportunity to, to get a superstar. Yeah. Because he's worth multiple picks, which are worth a star player at some point, and it won't be to Utah. A guy like Bradley Beal is going to get traded. That guy is going to get traded. He is just wasting away in Washington. You don't do that with just players. You've got to send significant draft capital there. Yeah. And I think that's that that's why that Jordan Clarkson trade is so incredibly important. It, it, it's just really, really, in my mind, it's important. Mr. Johnny, four-way race to acquire Mike Conley, Dallas, Miami, Phoenix, and the Clippers. Yeah. I think the Clippers are far more focused on Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, and I think the 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 front runners there are Miami and Dallas. I I, I would agree I really, with that. Like those two teams need him. I would agree with that. And so. we'll see. I don't know. Riley O'Brien, what's up, my guy? He says in a redraft of the 2022 NBA draft, where would Walker Kessler be selected into what program? Oh man, program. I mean, if you look at, I think the only winner outright in the draft so far has been Orlando. I mean, what Bancaro's doing in Orlando is we watched a bunch of him last night or the yeah. other night. I mean, it's nothing short of spectacular. I mean, if you look at the top picks in this draft, Paolo Bancaro, home run for the Magic. Chet Holmgren, disaster for the Thunder. The Rockets, Jabari Smith, I don't know. That team's, they need to make a move. The, the Kings, Keegan Murray, home run in my opinion. The Pistons with Jaden Ivey, home run. The Pacers, this is this to me also is a home run. Uh, Matthew Rin has been yeah. awesome for them. Shaden Sharp? Meh. Okay. Dyson Daniels? Eh, probably not for the Pelicans. I think you, you could probably do better. I think if you look at these names, I think it's probably six up. I wouldn't change the pick. The top six picks, I, I wouldn't change it. But didn't he go, I think he went 22 to the Grizzlies. I mean, there's not a pick down there that, I mean, A.J. Griffin maybe, uh, Ochai Agbaji, I think we'd all take Walker Kessler over Ochai. Jalen Duran with the Hornets. I think his potential is huge. Um, I think it probably, the conversation probably starts at seven with, with Shaden Sharp. Yeah. That's where you could start maybe but I think the bottom half of, of the of the first round, there's not a lot there. Like Nikola Jovic becomes a very interesting centerpiece of jazz trades because I don't see how you make a deal with Miami that doesn't include Jovic. Yeah. There's it, no point. I, I, why would you do that? Yeah, there's no point. Right? I mean, I, that. But, but again, that's just me. Uh, I wouldn't make a trade with Miami that doesn't include him. Yeah. I, I think that ha- highly of him. Um. But I think certainly anywhere after the top six, I think you could put him into that conversation. There's no doubt about that. A couple more and then we'll get to football at 50. Hullabilly says, we could trade J.C. Beasley and Rudy Gay. Hope we keep Mike. You won't. I think you should hope to keep Malik Beasley. You won't. But Beasley's 25 years old. That's a guy that in five years is still going to be playing at a very high level. So I think you would hope to keep him. You know, Matthew Webb says, Bradley Beal, no thank you. Bradley Beal's going to go somewhere, and I still think it's the Knicks. Yeah. I'll probably die on that hill. Uh, But I think it's the Knicks, and he's going to be the reason somebody wins a championship because that guy is an absolute killer. Yeah. An absolute killer. And the problem is there's no leverage in Washington. You don't have to play. You're going to manage your load in the locker room by yourself in the dark. It's easy, but the difference is is. you're not winning a championship. It is. Ron Nolan, good morning to you. I don't follow the Jazz, but I think I know more about the team than the average fan. 
it's the damn show's fault. Thanks for uh, thanks to the followers and I guess the host too. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome. welcome. Uh, Anton said yesterday I blocked my ex, but the uh, but the Memphis stack keepers counted the block for Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, it is what it is. You know, uh, Holabilly says f that Ochai and Walker are off the table. You know, uh, Holabilly also says Nah, Jovich can stay there. Why don't you like Jovich? I mean, I, Do I your just, homework on him, bro. Dude, he's crazy. He's going to be crazy good. I think crazy good. Brent, final comment on this before football. 50 says, Jazz don't really need to do anything but make trades that increase odds for 2023. Odds for what? Because, again, if we're, if we're talking about the draft, I'm telling you they're not pitching themselves to be one of the first two picks in the draft. I don't know why we obsess on the draft, dude. Danny Ainge is not going to put... At very... At the very least, isn't isn't Victor Wambanyama a project? Yeah. He's a developmental project, right? At the very least, Scoot Henderson is a project. You're going to have to develop him. Is that what championship teams do? Teams that are trying to win a championship in the next five seasons. Are you drafting developmental projects? I think you're probably not. I think you're probably not. You know, like, I, I just don't know why you would do that. Yeah. Uh, Holy Billy says, Jovich over Kessler and Ochai. No, who said that? Yeah, nobody said that. Nobody said that. Yeah. At all. Uh, Matthew Webb says, Jovich and Josh Giddy kind of similar. I don't know, because I don't know what the top end of Jovich is, because you're not getting, you're just not getting heavy minutes. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think Josh Giddy has the potential to be a star once he gets out of Oklahoma City. I mean, he is... He's a he's a solid guy. I mean, there there's no doubt about that. Yeah, he's got game for sure. No doubt about that. You know, like I I think they're great. All right, ten to the hour every hour on the Monty Show. We bring you football fifty presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the mobile app. It's so easy to use. Order your pizza right now. You can pick it up at 2.30, 5.30, 8.30. Doesn't matter. Papa Murphy's Pizza in the mobile app allows you to set your pickup time. Super easy to use. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get your Heart Baker pizza. Yeah. Wait till you see that thing. It's amazing. Um, I think this Jimmy G to the 49ers story is really compelling. Kyle Shanahan yesterday was asked... Hey, Kyle, uh, any chance that Jimmy G comes back? He essentially said, hell no. He said he does not see a single scenario that would have Jimmy G wear a 49er uniform next year. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but now that we're sort of past this, has Jimmy Garoppolo gotten enough credit for the 49ers run the last two years? No, I don't think so, but I also think... He's not that guy. I mean, he's not the guy that is going to be Mr. Credit or, you know, ever going to be the reason that his team wins or loses. Like, he just is operator guy that moves the ball around. And, and I think the struggle is, is that, you know, a lot of people believe that he had success in Shanahan's system because any quarterback has success in Shanahan's system. That's Are you what, one of those guys? Are you uh, any quarterback guy? I mean, in that specific system, yeah, because of the talent they have. But Jimmy G didn't have McCaffrey for most of those most of those snaps, you know? So part of me is like, well, you know, he didn't quite have everything Brock Purdy had, but 
I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I think that yes, the system is easy to navigate. It's easy to be successful in, but it's not, you still got to throw the ball. You still got to know the system. So I'm not certainly sitting here saying if Jimmy G went and played for, you know, the Browns or whatever, some organization that he wouldn't be successful. I just yeah. think the assimilation to Shanahan's system is easier. I'm curious. I, mean, I, I don't know that he'll ever be. I don't know that he'll ever be a number one quarterback again. No. I just think nobody trusts him. He's one of those guys who is a wasted talent because he just hasn't. I mean, I don't know why they wrote the script in the NFL for Jimmy Garoppolo to be injured every year. Because the NFL is scripted. Anyway, the point is, uh, I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, but Jimmy G is just, he's had a good career. He's made money. He's done things. Let's see what his next opportunity is. Yeah. Um, by the way, real quick. And this is probably not a story we do real quick. So David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, hires Frank Reich and immediately turns around and says, I want to see the end of the old boys club. So let me get this right. You had Steve Wilkes, who all the players wanted to keep as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Right. Steve is a black man. So instead of keeping him because he did an amazing job, you fired him and you hired a white retread football coach whose daughter now works for the team. Excellent. Isn't, isn't that the very definition of the old boys club? Isn't that exactly you hired? You know, rich, white, old dude hiring another rich, white, old dude. That would be the old boys club. Yeah. yeah Who it was is. nothing short of a failure in Indianapolis. You know. I believe that's the definition of the old boys club. Come on, dude. Does the NFL have a problem with this? I mean, I and I love yesterday. Everybody's like, see, there's no racism in the NFL. D'Amico Ryan's got hired. Do you really think hiring one coach of color, it like ends the problem with systematic racism in the NFL? Well, you know, the script they wrote for Colin Kaepernick was very good dramatic. Point. I mean, That's you a good know, point. like, dude, come on. It's all scripted. So racism is not real. Yeah. Right. I, I think there absolutely there's an issue yeah. with with systematic racism in the NFL as far as hirings go. And whether that's GMs, coaches, I still think there is bias against quarterbacks. Yeah. The uh, quarterbacks that are black. I think absolutely there's a bias. Well, you and, know, it's the first Super Bowl ever with two black starting quarterbacks. Yes, it is. It's a big deal for the NFL. And it's 2023. Yeah. And it's the first time. Like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use promo code MATI25 to get 25% off your uh, purchase of $25 or more. Make sure you throw in a Heart Baker Pizza. When you get a Heart Baker Pizza from Papa Murphy's, it's like you're our Valentine. Because we're giving you our heart, our fresh pepperoni and cheese-covered heart to take and bake however and whenever you'd like. But then you give our heart away? So does that make us your Valentine? Wow, love is hard. Thank goodness we're pizza. So whether you need a Valentine or need to be one, get what you need this Valentine's Day with a Heart Baker pizza from Papa Murphy's. Dude, that commercial is amazing. The guy pointing. Yes. That's a, that, you know, use the promo code Monty 25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, somebody was asking about um, Super Chicks in Ogden. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, it was Big Dog O-Town who said, I went into Super Chicks and I dropped your name and they've never heard of you. Well, that's fine. Yeah, Super Chicks is amazing. The guys up in Ogden, absolutely. Yeah, who so, did you talk to? Because, I mean, they, you know, staffing rolls over all the time. I mean, yeah. Ask for a manager. Talk to the owner. I'm telling you. Ask for Taylor. Ask for Taylor. The owner of that store works in that store pretty much every day. Tell, yeah. him, tell him you heard about him on the Monty Show. Yeah. That's what you do there. And make sure you get the ranch dressing at Super Chicks. It's the Bomb.com, bro. This bomb, I'm sorry, bomb.com. Yeah, uh, bomb.com, yeah. Bomb.com, yeah. bro. Bomb.com. Um, real quick, by the way, I'm just curious. Do you guys listen to podcasts? Did you, did you hear the story about podcasts? Which one? There's so many out. Um, that podcasts are tanking. Oh yeah. The, the creation of new podcasts is suffering. It's down like 80%, I think. Yeah. They, they so at one point we were doing on podcast creations in this country during the height of the pandemic, there was almost a million podcasts a year created. It's down to like 200,000 a year. And the average podcast puts out two and a half episodes and then never publishes again. Yeah. Now, what we do, a lot of people will say to us like, oh, you guys are a podcast. We're not a podcast. Yeah. A podcast to me is a recorded show that then you just put push out on audio and some video. And I think we used to be a podcast. We used to be. But now we're like a daily morning talk show. I think podcasts, people are struggling because uh, there's a lot of people who don't like being on video. So do you guys listen to podcasts? Do you guys, because I do not. I only watch. I only watch, and I exclusively use Spotify and YouTube. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Like you can get the audio version only. We do an audio only version of this show every day. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts, like Spotify, Apple. And there's a lot of people who listen to that. Yeah, Stitcher podcasts. Yeah. Absolutely. And we appreciate that. Yeah. We do a pretty decent number. Um, so thank you for that. But I think the thing where I struggle is, unless I'm in the car or at the gym, I can't do audio only. Mm -hmm. I really need to be able to watch video or I just don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I mean, I think the, yeah, I mean, that's video. In my opinion, video is just dynamic. It, it brings another layer. It brings another, you know, another part of the experience. And that's what I think a lot of mediums are missing right now. I, I truly believe in my heart that video content is the way. It, it just, it is the way. And specifically, if you can provide 4K video content to your consumer, you're elite right now. That's just, that's just what it is. And I really believe that people don't, um, whether it's consumers, business owners, people don't understand the difference between a podcast and a live streamed video show on a daily basis and the implications that that has. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the, it's not to say that podcasts are bad. They're not. I think podcasts are very powerful. I think yeah. the, the reason we're seeing, in my opinion, the drop off in newly created podcasts is because it's not free. It takes work and it takes discipline. And, and I can tell you right now, like we don't make a ton of money. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and claim that we're rich or something. Like we gotta, we gotta work for everything that we get. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I, and I'm not saying we're struggling. We're not struggling. But the reality is, is again, we're not, we, we're not at a radio station or some big company. We are the company. So when we talk about, hey, new podcast, podcast creations down, you know, 80, 85 percent, like it's way off. Well, that's why. It's Be an interesting. It's an interesting issue. And the timing yeah. of it during the pandemic, it was convenient to do a podcast. You notice that? Oh, well, we're home. Why don't we start a podcast? Because yeah. that's fun. 
but it's not all the time. It's not fun. Like I, I'm sitting. A lot here, of this like, job is work. Like I'm telling you guys, and, and again, I'm not complaining. I'm not. I, I'm not. But just clarity, like a little, you know, see through the the curtain type deal. Like you're, we get up at three fifty every day, and we don't go to bed till ten o'clock. Like understand that grind and that hustle. It's not easy, you know. Like and it doesn't stop. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not surprised to hear like people want easy, and this isn't easy. No, it's just not. It's not easy at all. I totally agree with that. James Knight, what's up? Good to see you, my friend. We watched your boy the other night. We watched OKC. You guys never watch OKC. We actually do. Yeah, we do. And what do you know? James Giddy's pretty average. He says, I drive around all day for my job, so podcasts keep me sane. If I had to listen to commercial radio all day, I would go crazy. You know, it's funny. <laughs> we were talking to a, a radio guy yesterday. Yeah, they never ask us to come over and do shows on their radio stations. Never. Um, you know. But we were talking to a radio guy yesterday and he, he was essentially telling us, hey, we're, you know, our shows are struggling and we don't, you know, we're not just going to stand pat. We're going to make a significant, you know, change. And so we were talking about, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, you know, X, Y, Z. And so we're going through it. Not one time did he mention podcast. Not one time did he mention video. Not one time did he mention it's simply, hey, nobody's listening to that show on the radio when it's on. And it's like, well, because I don't even know that that's the fault of the show. No. You know, like, you can't anymore, in my opinion, just be, okay, well, we're on six to nine. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Like, that doesn't work. And just podcasting your entire three hours does not work. You need to put out specific content, in my opinion. It's work. People won't do that. You need to actually, like, go out and hit the street and sell. People won't do that. And I, 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 think it's, I think it's incredibly underrated to what, to what people will do. Jeremy Bolton says, hello, Brent. Okay. Because uh, Brent said, hello, Mayor. <laughs> hello. Uh, I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Jeremy Bolton only listens to true crime podcasts. Is that true? Is that true, Jeremy Bolton? You middle-aged woman, he says. I can't find it. There it is. Uh, I have a few podcasts I listen to, all true crime ones. I know I'm a middle-aged woman. They're not bad. They're true not crime, bad at all. True crime podcasts are awesome. You know, but but that's what I'm talking about. When I say podcast, that's what I'm talking about. A a an audio only. We're gonna record that episode and then we'll put it out after the fact. That to me is a podcast. That's a podcast. And I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that that's a bad format. No. I actually think that could be. A, that's a really powerful format. I, it is. NPR makes a living on that. Yeah, but there's a reason guys like Joe Rogan are on YouTube now. There's a reason that 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 people are doing video content now. It is everything. The it's last, the beginning and the end. The last two years on YouTube have been unbelievable. Nate Davis uh, is here for therapy, apparently. He says, I'm so sad Sean Payton uh, is the Broncos head coach. Well. Who'd you want in a head coach? I mean, so, you is, want him, like, so is every Charger and Cowboy fan. Yeah, what you should be sad about is the fact that the Arizona Cardinals got made a fool again. Yep. Uh, Holabilly says they will shut down threats for sure. What's that? I don't know. Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? I'm lost on that. Yeah. Uh, Ken Williams says, I can't stand the race crap as owners. He has the right to hire who he likes, and sometimes it's not the owner, it's the GM. But there's more dynamic at play to that. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's, that's a different conversation. Yeah. We can have it at some point. Brett Robbins says podcasts don't have to be recorded. It's more just live audio, no video show. Okay, that's cool. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast says yes. LOL. I have a podcast myself. He does find 
find it. Yeah, but like, you know, Raphael's a good example, right? My guy just had a kid. Like, he's got things going on. It's not like doing the show regularly, like for us every day, like it just, it means we're home. We're watching sports at night. We're not going out to dinner every night. We're not like living a normal life. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's what's required. Uh, Tyler P says the live interaction beats any podcast. Yep. Appreciate that. Another Thank aspect. You. Yes. Uh, Jasketball says absolutely. Jasketball, another jazz podcast. There you right? go. Uh, Brett Robbins says, I really only listen to your guys' audio while doing other stuff. Love it. Appreciate that. Uh, Matthew Webb says videos where it's at, but I'm biased. Yes. Yes. Ken Williams says, I listen to them while I'm out ranching because I don't have network out in the middle of nowhere. Ah, there you go. See, but that's my point. So there like, you go. Podcast audio only podcasts have a sector. They have a purpose and a in a and they're a really good tool. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Holobilly says, I appreciate you guys. Uh y'all to the max. Thank you, Holobilly. We appreciate you. Thanks for being a member. Uh Giggity says, I'll check them out. Thanks. Like, look at Jeremy Bolton passing out true crime podcast. Love it. Love it. Uh Talking says, I love it. I love doing podcasts. I have found a passion within podcasting. And as my pod grows, I find new challenges and love it. It, yeah. it is challenging. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jasketball says Jasketball podcast. There yeah. you go. Go, go check them out. Go check them out. Uh, what did the marmot say about spring? <laughs> oh, is there, is today like. Today's Groundhog Day. Today yeah. is Groundhog Day. Yeah, today's Groundhog today Day. Today is Groundhog yeah. Day. And Buddy right. saw a shadow, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he did. What does that mean? I think that means longer. Six winter. more weeks of winter. Damn. There it is. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil has spoken. He saw his shadow, which means six more weeks of winter. What are your thoughts on his prediction? I love it because I'm a snowboarder. Well, it's scripted. I mean. It, it, well, we all knew. Yes! You know. You know. Anyway. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, but the whole, the whole. Do you believe in that? I don't believe in no, that. No, I don't believe in that, no. I don't believe in that. Uh, Riley O'Brien says, uh, the other thing I love about the Monty show is unlike daily radio six to nine, half of it is a commercial break here on the show. We, we dialogue the whole morning. The Monty show is elite. Thank yeah. You. Well, I think that, and I appreciate that Riley. It's so funny. We were talking about that with, you know, this guy we had this conversation with yesterday about how like there are no commercial breaks when we have to pee at seven 30, we don't get to take a pee break. Right. No. When we like there, like there are things that we deal with. In that, in that, uh, in that setup, but that's just—I just think it's better that way, right? Like yeah, again, for sure. you know, and, sure. and I know that people get all pissy about this, but the average person, you know, we're doing about two hundred thousand views a month in Utah. The average person watches every time they come to one of our live shows. Watches for like twenty-eight minutes, dude. Yeah, and that's why because there's it doesn't stop, and I think that that's why I say I'm just a huge proponent of the video side. There's so much more you can do. Yeah. And, and I think the conversation that the thing that drives me on this show, I love the conversation. I like telling you guys how stupid you are. Like it's really <laughs> You're casual. Was that it? Did I say that out loud? Dude, that wasn't on the script. Damn it. Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Review your scripts at night. No, but I love the input that you guys give us. I love that. That's what I love about our, our members only chat on, on Instagram. Like we have actual real normal and nobody's like, F you, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly. Like, nobody does that. And I love that. We, it's like an actual community that polices itself. And I love that. By the way, if you want to join the membership, it is $9.99 a month. Um, and you get a bunch for it. I still maintain the best perk is you get the Instagram members only group. Yep. Which is awesome. Uh, but again, last night we put our, hey, the Miami Heat are all over my Conley story into that group first. Didn't talk about it on the show until this morning. 
Um, so you get stuff like that. Our merch drop is we are just dying on the vine, waiting to get approval for our our you know print on demand. Literally everything's guy. done. We're just quite literally waiting for approval on you know. Yeah, come on, Amazon. Let's yeah. go. Uh, so we're waiting for that, but you guys get that merch link free uh, ahead of time. You you get it ahead of time for your nine ninety nine membership, and you get a discount on your merch. Um, you also on this show get access. Everybody's into our uh, big five zero birthday bash. Don't forget to join us at the Maverick Center March tenth. It is going to be amazing. Um, as we have Brant Keithy and Max Tooley coming to celebrate my birthday. I can't believe I'm going to be fifty. But you get access to all of that stuff. <laughs> As a member of the show, click the join link I just put into the comments. Let's get you guys involved. It's $9.99 a month, and I'm telling you, I think it's been worth it. James Knight says, I love U.S. Uh, sports, and with the difference, with the time difference, I can't always stay up until 3 a.m. watching my boys. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yep. Thank you. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast. My first season, it was audio from episodes 1 through 12 or so. Then I found video options since 2 or 3. And when I start using StreamYards for my pot, it was a whole different level. StreamYards is great. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the other thing I would say is like, you know, I've had a lot of people DM me about like video quality, video, like how to, like, you know, how do you guys do what you do? People ask us like, that all the time. You know, I cannot tell you how many LinkedIn messages I get. Hey, man, can you tell me how you're doing that? Yeah. And and I have to say, like, it's, no. it's uh, you know, and again, I'm, I don't mean it in any way. But it's liter quite literally a six thousand dollar camera. Like it's a sixty five dollar a month subscription to Adobe Suite. It's like I mean, it is investment after investment. It's to a make rocket a ship of a computer. Want. Yeah, dude. Like exactly. Like I like so you build up over time. Yeah. But it's also the 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 desire to go and learn how to quite literally on my own learn how to do all this stuff. And now we get to see the the benefits of that and that's what i'm saying like it again to bring it back home like eight po new podcast creation being down 80 percent just does not surprise me no because everyone thought oh well we can just start youtubing we can just start podcasting for fun and it'll be great and we'll get a million subs in five minutes after we drink our cup of coffee it's like no dude it takes quite literally it takes years upon years of doing it Yep, please make sure you hit the uh, like button right now. We're at uh, over 1,000 views, and we're only at 82 likes. So if you guys could hit the like button, that'd be awesome. Matt Ritson, doing great job. Clips video makes easy. Sent uh, video to friends. Oh, thank you. Please, yes, yeah, share our content. Hit like. Uh, 50 going on 700. Spring chicken, Monty. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, we don't take bathroom breaks. We just occasionally single up Jake and let him rant for three to five minutes. Well, got to pee sometime. <laughs> you know. uh, Ken Williams says we have fun in the chat yeah the Instagram chat group is amazing it, it's amazing the chat on Instagram I really look forward to it a every day I really really look forward to look it look at my guy James Knight I appreciate you James look, look at what James is saying here come on man you don't even miss the money for the membership come on guys join the members let's go join the members Montyverse you should absolutely Fat Jesus says the chat is definitely an appeal so much better than callers who think they are radio guys. I stopped listening to your old station because Bruce the a-hole didn't like reading texts. Bruce the a-hole. Bruce the wow. a-hole. Yeah. And how far have we, like there was a, there was a <laughs> Facebook memory the other day of our old setup when we were a podcast of like, a, a, we would sit across from each other like so this. So it would be like There'd this. be a camera it'd, right it'd here. It'd be like this. We would face each other. And then the camera would be over here shooting us. It was one of like the most... Like right next to us. Yeah, it was one of... And, and the funny Brutal. thing was, 
Like you guys, so the audio you listen to on our show every day is from this mic into a mixer, into StreamYards to YouTube. The audio from back then was quite literally the echo in the room off of my voice. <laughs> like it was just so funny to see like where like oh. how far it's come, dude. Yeah, Riley O'Brien. <laughs> Question for both of you: What point in your life did you realize this was your career passion? I can see you guys both doing anything you wanted, but love that you do this. I uh, thank you. First of all, I knew when I was a ten-year-old kid, my parents had an office downtown Chicago. And I used to drive downtown with them every day. And I have vivid memories of listening to Larry Lujak on WLS, uh, you know, AM 89 in Chicago or Kevin Matthews or Steve Dahl. Um, You know, like listening to radio as a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do. So I, we, we made a choice and it's, I'm not going to lie to you, man. We talk to radio guys all the time and people offer, you know, when you hear, Hey, you know, money's this, and it's, it, 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 man, the money's hard to say no to, but the issue is, is you have no stability. So doing this show, I don't know, probably 2015 when we moved to Mesa, and I left K-Fan here in Salt Lake City because they basically said, hey, we're going to sell the land under the transmitter. And the transmitter is going to get knocked down and the station's going to get turned off. Yeah, quite literally. Now, it took some time to close that deal. But the reason we originally went to Arizona was my wife's a baller and she had a job offer there. Yeah. And so instead of staying here and wondering, we went to Arizona and we wound up doing real estate and flipping houses and designing people's homes. And we did great. And we lost a ton of money in real estate and made a ton of money in real estate. And it was awesome. Yeah. But we were doing this podcast semi-regularly and then we had an opportunity at a crappy radio station and one thing led to another. Fire and fury. It was just, it was simply a matter of what, what do you want to work for somebody or do you want to work for yourself? And then we happened to fall into the Yelp thing and that afforded us the infrastructure to build a better show. Like, yeah. I mean, so when, did, when did we know? I mean, I, I like, I mean, you just know you have a thing. Like at some point you just recognize you have a thing. I don't think we understand how many people, like we meet people in public all the time and I really enjoy talking to people. It is astonishing to me how many people say, man, you're the thing that's kept me going. Like your show is the, I'm not, and I'm not doing this to be braggadocious. I'm sure that's how it comes off, but it's remarkable how many people will say to us, Hey man, you're the thing that's kept me going. Or yeah. when somebody says, you know, I had a really bad fight with my wife last week and you know, it's just, I, I flipped down the show and it's like some, uh, uh, one guy told us years ago now, like, Hey, you know, I, I, I fell asleep listening to your show. I couldn't sleep. And, and I was like, man, dude, that like, it's, that's terrible. You fell asleep listening to us. And said, no, it's very good. I usually can't sleep like little stuff like that. He's like, I really appreciate your show and you guys make me laugh. And Stuff like that, where we're in, we have an impact on people's lives. Like the the kid that won the Xbox in the Philippines, yeah, like that changed his life. Like he still sends us pictures of him. maybe it was a PS5 that he won. I don't remember. Yeah, one of them. But he still sends us pictures of himself playing this the video game. Yeah, and how much joy it's given to him. And he has straight up said to us, "It's changed my life. Like I've met people, I've made friends. Like." I never talk to anybody like stuff like that blows my mind. 
How many people tell us, hey, you know, the motivational stuff, like I, everybody's like, hey, will you do more motivational videos where you talk about business? And that stuff just blows my mind. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I don't have, as a radio person, um, when, you are, when, you are list, when you are doing this job every day, you don't have an understanding of who you impact and how many people you impact daily. Uh-huh. Because you're just doing a thing. You're building widgets or you're delivering Uber Eats or driving Uber. You don't understand how many people you impact because this is just what we do every day. So it's always amazing. It, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think me. that the thing, like, it is hard to fathom, to fathom it. It is hard, like, from our perspective, certainly from my perspective, I mean, you go along for this ride and you start to, you start to realize, oh, okay, like, yeah, we built a studio in a hockey arena, like, you know, in partnership with the Utah Grizzlies and Maverick Center. And, and that's been a great relationship and they've taken great care of us and, and we love working with them every day. Like it's, it's crazy. Like we went from, you know, like this joke, we were just playing about how like, you know, the audio has gotten so much better. We went from that to, we went know, from a crappy $20 mixer to a thousand dollar rocket ship. That makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> right? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, there, I had a moment the other day where, you know, we're, we're, so, you know, you guys know that we make video content for the Grizzlies. So we help them with that and they're with the club. And so we were here the, the other weekend and they, you know, you know, you know, how people like will drop the puck before the game and they have, you know, the ceremony and they do all that stuff before games. So there was a news station out here and it was just funny that I had my camera and they rolled up with something similar. And, and there was kind of a moment and they were like, oh, like you're using your cam, you're using this too. And they knew who we were. They were like, oh, I thought you guys just did a show or whatever. And I was like, no, we shoot video content too. And it's just funny to see like people don't expect the innovation on video yet. That's what's like yeah. so surprising. So when you have those moments and like people literally, there's been like five, six times where we'll be sitting in the studio, like talking to people or whatever on the phone and like doing what we do. And people will just come up to the studio and be like, hey guys, and I don't know who you are, but I love you. Yeah. I appreciate you coming Thanks up. Thanks for coming by. Like, I, like, that's the funny Love you guys listening to the show every day. Yeah, like, like, like somebody will come by, and most of the time, there's been a couple who've said who they are and shared their name and everything, but we don't get to see your faces, most of you. Like, I know Riley O'Brien's face. I know Tanner's face. Mm -hmm. I know, like, I know some of you guys, but, like, I've never met Brent Burnett. If Brent Burnett walked up to me, in public, I wouldn't even know that that's yeah, Brent Burnett. No you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just this, it's such an interesting experience. It is. Uh, a couple more on this, then we got to get rolling. Uh, Mr. Johnny says, what was it like hosting a radio show with Kyle Gunther? I remember listening to you guys and it often felt like Gunther was so zany and off the wall that it could catch you off guard at times. This is not new. I mean, Gunther is, Gunther is off the wall. Gunther is, he's the most talented person I've ever worked with. And he just could not control himself. Like he was, he, he was so angry and so defensive. And like he, Gunther was the guy who thought everybody was out to get him. He could never embrace that he was the star. He was like the guy that the, the radio station was built on. 1320K fan was built on Kyle Gunther. And he could never, he could never embrace that. So there was always like defensiveness. And he was very much a guy that, that just couldn't take you at your word that, Hey, I believe in you. You're doing a great job. Like, and it, it's a, it's a shame. I, I don't know where he, I know. I think he's still here. 
Um, but the last time we heard, he was working at Salty Peaks, the snowboard shop. And I haven't, somebody, I think Jeremy Bolton's the one who said he went in there and saw him. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know where he is now. He should be doing something. The guy's just remarkably talented, but I'm not going to lie, dude. Like, I was his program director, and he was the most difficult guy I've ever worked with, ever. It was not an easy, I dreaded dealing with him. Dreaded dealing with him. And, you know, frankly, if we're, if we're being honest, the two guys that are the, the stars out of that station, without a doubt, uh, are Mitch Harper at KSL and, and Ben Anderson at KSL. Like those two guys got their start with us there. So it's, it, it's just unfortunate that Gunther's not, he should be a star, man. He is, he's the most, I'm not even joking. He's the most talented guy I've ever worked with. Should absolutely be dominating this market. He should be the biggest football guy in this market. And I don't know that he's doing media at all. I don't think he's doing it. Yeah. I don't know. But the guy, the guy is just so, he was really frustrating because you couldn't, you just couldn't get your hands around him. You know what I mean? Like he's this really talented enigma. You just couldn't never wrap your hands around him and be like, hey, like one of the things we used to talk about is go to break on time. Just couldn't get him to go to break on time. Couldn't get like consistently. Yeah. You know, like I just, I just could not, could not do that. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, uh, you know. Yeah. It yeah. is what it I is. I mean, you know. You know, it is what it is. It's more uh, of an impact with video. It's more personal. Yeah, I would agree. I completely that. agree. Yeah, the connection is stronger for sure. I would agree with that. Uh, James Knight uh, says, so true. It's a sh uh, It's the show. It's such a big part of my life. It's personal, a personal outlet for me. I live alone, so it really fills a void for me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here, James. James is absolutely one of our uh, long times. But Love again, you, see, this is, see, and, and this is the power of, uh, of YouTube. Another thing that I advocate for on YouTube James Knight's in Australia. We're sitting yeah. in Salt Lake City. But what brought us together? Four X gold beer. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, obviously. But the Utah Jazz, Joe Ingles, right? That's That was how James found us. Yep. Ky uh, Kyler McIntosh uh, says, honestly, guys, I found you this summer during all the trade talk with the Jazz. By far, you guys are the best I've listened to and look forward to the pod every day. I'll be joining soon. Appreciate you, Kyler. Yeah, appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, I think the, I think we're known as a jazz show. There's no doubt about that. Like the, the, we, we got, you know, the relationships we built over our career have put us in a really advantageous spot with the jazz. I mean, we just happened to have the right guys in the right places. So a lot of people found us. I just, one of the things that I think we'll always go back to is how many people hated on us over our Rudy Gobert stories. Yeah. That Rudy was going to be traded, that he was a cancer in the locker room. And then it all comes true and all of a sudden people are like, oh yeah, okay. But nobody ever says, man, you guys are so right about that. There were probably, <laughs> I mean, I, we've probably had, you know, yeah. 40, 50 people who have said or commented or DM that said, yeah, yeah, I used to hate you guys. And, and then, you know, you got the Rudy thing right. And then you got the Don thing right. And then... You know, you you said that they'd get a first round pick for Royce and I didn't believe you. And then that happened. And like, you know, so like that, yeah. we definitely went through that experience of experiencing a lot of hate on the channel. Yep. Jordan Brown says, what's up, guys, from the St. Jeezy. We love our and I, I will say I love that we have people from Logan all the way down to St. George. We love our guys in St. George. Love you guys. Cannot wait. Next time we're going through, we absolutely will do a meetup. Um, and Hey, if any of you are, any of you are snowboarders, I snowboard by myself on the weekends. So, Hey, I'm happy to go snowboarding with you. You're such a victim, you know, dude. What do you mean? You're such a victim, a victim, bro. What? I, I, 
Do I snowboard by myself on the weekends? One time. I t- no. One time, dude. No, stop. You know. It is what it is. Uh, all right, let's rock and roll. I appreciate all your comments. Thank you so much. This uh, hour of the program is brought to you by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, BBQPitStop.com. You guys, check out this new uh, Ironwood from... Dude, what, like, first of all, we have too many videos in you here. Gotta scroll up. You gotta scroll up a little bit there. Where is it? Where is it? Keep we going, we keep have going, a new... There it is. There it is. We have a new... Ironwood. I'm an Ironwood 885 owner. Jake does not have a smoker. It's mine and mine mm-hmm. alone. Right, yeah. Uh, Jake and I have an Ironwood 885 Traeger in the backyard at Casa de Pimp House. And this new <laughs> this new Ironwood XL is unbelievable. Yep, get the best equipment anytime you need best barbecue equipment. Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Logan, Leighton Lehigh, the GZ down in St. George, and of course our good friends in Murray on State Street, right across from the mall, and they're all good dudes too. By the way, follow them on YouTube. They have a phenomenal YouTube channel where they tell you how to cook this and smoke that, and if you are not on the pellet smoker life, man, don't do charcoal briquettes. There's no reason to be using propane. It's all about the the pellet smoker. You just plug it in, put the pellets in the hopper, and hit ignite, and you're good to go. It is unbelievable. Make sure you tell them at Barbecue Pit Stop you heard about it on the Monty Show and that you got to get Asado seasoning. Yeah. Had Asado seasoning again on Flavor some pork knuckles. chops the other night. I am. I can only tell you. I can only evangelize about the Flavor Knuckles Asado seasoning for so long. If you haven't gotten it yet, you probably are just not intelligent. You're casual. You're casual. Yeah, you are a casual if you haven't had the asado. And by the way, you can order online. They'll deliver right to your front casual. door. At bbqpitstop.com, bbqpitstop.com. Hullabilly uh, says, my money is on Papa Monty. Exactly right. Exactly right. Pa- uh, that's Papa Monty, right. Big Papa Pump. Right. Is that what you mean? Where do you feel like going here? Should we do Gonzaga? Can we talk about this gambling thing real quick? Can we do gambling? I do love the gambling topic. All right, you guys. Should gambling be legal in the great state of Jittah? It is currently taboo and against the law. None of us would ever duck it. We don't gamble. We have positions. Where's Teddy? Teddy? Teddy better be in here right now. Uh, by the way, the Jazz did cover the... It was three points last night. And they covered it. They covered the three. Yeah. Um, should should gambling be legal? I think this is one of those things that is really interesting. So my, my opinion on this, again, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. I think we need a national piece of legislation that legalizes gambling in the country. And if there's regulation, okay, great. I think gambling is no different than making the choice to smoke a cigarette or drink alcohol. I do not believe that a 16-year-old kid should be able to legally wager on sports. I think in this country, if we decide an 18-year-old is the legal age of consent, 18-year-olds should be able to wager on sports. You, If it's 21, hey, all right, 21, buy cigarettes, buy alcohol. 21. Can you do something for me by gambling on sports? Okay. But the issue is in Utah, we don't allow you to really do anything. Because personal freedoms, and this is what drives me kind of crazy about it. You're allowed to own a gun, but you're not allowed to gamble on sports. You're allowed to drink alcohol, but you're not allowed to gamble on sports. You're allowed to smoke cancer sticks, 
but you're not allowed to gamble on sports. And I, I just don't see why that is. Mm-hmm. We'll legalize marijuana, but God, you do not legalize sports gambling. Yeah. And I think it's inevitable. I do. The fact that the state of Arizona has legalized wagering now, with all of the tribal communities there, that they have been able to compromise and legalize sports gambling, it's remarkable to me that the state of Utah has not yet been able to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, I would agree with the word inevitable. I mean, you, you, you look at all these, you know, you look at the state of the nation on gambling and all these maps and, you know, we got 33 states out of, you know, 50 that are, you know, are approved and legal and ready to go. And, and, and it is inevitable. And, and you look at globally, like, you know, Bet365, FanDuel, DraftKings, like all these different outlets that that allow you, once again, on this beautiful thing called a smartphone to to make decisions. Like, I just don't understand why this is viewed as some, like, horrid thing in the state of Utah. Like, yeah. it's it's something, like, your point about, hey, it's, it's no different than, you know, you know, consuming alcohol or cigarettes or what, you know, whatever example you want to use, like it, it, it quite literally, it is just another decision in life. Like yeah. it is no different than choosing to, to, you know, spend too much money here or do this or do like, it's no different. It's just another outlet. And, and the funny thing to me is it's not just that we don't allow it. We don't allow it, and there's this whole running joke about how we have positions, and yeah. we're going out to Wendover to place our bets, and we all have a bookie on the side that is in California or is in whatever state, and they help us, and they get us better money line. Like, everyone's doing it already. That's what's funny to me. We're all already talking lines, and we're already betting and gambling. The only thing that that making gambling in the state of Utah legal is doing is preventing big-time partners like DraftKings or FanDuel or, you know, all Bet these. MGM Bet MGM or points bet, points bet. Like, all, all the names you know and love from operating in this state and creating more revenue. And that's what I don't understand. I don't understand how, like, why you wouldn't want that. Like, it's like the, um, you know, it's like this whole state liquor store thing, right? Like, if you if you grew up in Utah, that's all you know and love, right? The state liquor store. But you go to you go to California, right? When we go to California periodically, it's so funny because you walk into Vons and they've got a whole liquor section. They've got, like, oh, my what, God, is that spirits on the shelf? You know what I mean? Like, they've got a rack of full-flavored full vodka. They've got a rack of whiskey, of of different wine, like, a whole selection, and it's... And it's it crazy. Just, it's just kind of, I don't, like, so I'm not a big gambler. I do really enjoy during the football season, and with basketball too, love talking lines, you know, hey, would you do this? Would you do that? I love those conversations. I hate, hate wasting money on gambling. I hate it. It does nothing for me, but I can at least still say it does a lot for a lot of different people. I, there is nothing I enjoy more than daily fantasy during the baseball season. I love building There's lineups. Yeah. I love I love FanDuel. I am a huge DraftKings fan. Dude, if if FanDuel or things like DraftKings were legal, we'd have a whole thing on the show for it. A whole thing. The I can tell thing. you right now. Yep. I tell you right now. I just I wish that it would be legal. I the the hypocrisy that is involved in personal freedoms in this country is amazing to me. We have the per- again. We have the personal freedom to own guns, drink liquor, smoke cigarettes, like do smoke weed. We can do all of that, but you will not gamble. 
Like, like that's I, crazy. To we me. should be able to walk into Delta Center, Rio Tinto, you Maverick know, Center. Maverick Center, any stadium in this state. We should be able to walk into it. And I'm talking Rice Eccles and Lavelle as well. And place a bet on any sport we want to bet on. I am a big believer that there should be a sports book in every professional sports arena. There There's just be. no reason for yeah. it not to be the thing. And yet, I know that it won't happen. I know that it won't happen. But I am a, I'm a big believer in it. Teddy says prize picks is legal here in Utah and FanDuel. And I believe we have one of our, our what's her name, JBE or? Uh, TBE, TBE DraftKings. TBE, DraftKings. the best ever at DraftKings. Yep. I don't know her name, her proper name, but that's her YouTube name. Yeah. Uh, Tom says daily fantasy is legal in Utah. It is. That's exactly right. Uh, I've played a lot of FanDuel baseball this past season. I love it, Teddy. I'm a huge fan. Like DraftKings is my preferred app. I'm a big fan of daily fantasy on DraftKings. Yeah. But I just, I, it, I would love to get – we should do a league of some kind. Yeah. Like daily fantasy on baseball, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I just think it, the, the hypocrisy that's involved in it is – is it drives me crazy. <laughs> Holabilly, ID gaff. <laughs> Holabilly says, why I will always be that questionable figure, I don't <laughs> – ID – you know. You know. You know. Um, people still make their choices. Difference is the money leaves the state when you make it illegal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Hey, but wait, you can always drive out to Wendover, Nevada. Like it, it's so, why dumb. would you want that? That's what I don't get. Like, why wouldn't you just want it to be here? Yeah. I, I think it is. I think it's commonplace in a lot of places. Was it 33 straight states now? Yeah, Massachusetts was the most recent one that finally legalized it. Arizona, do you understand the mountain that was climbed in Arizona to get sports gambling to be legal? I can't. The fight, the community, it's unbelievable to me that it's a, it's legal in Arizona and Utah's like, no, it'll never happen. Constitution. Look at Mapes. Look at what Mapes is talking about here. Uh, a Monty member fantasy football league would be pretty sweet too. Yeah, we should do it. Neville 93 says, I remember a couple of years back, I bet five bucks and made 500 just like that. It is, it is something that requires discipline. Yeah. Because you will lose your ass on it. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Teddy says, you can play daily fantasy on FanDuel, but you can't play the sports books on it. It's, it's m like making parlays. Yeah. And I am, and Jake has seen me win parlays in Vegas. It's yeah. been a while because Jake won't even walk into a sports book in Vegas without calling well, me a sinner. Well, my biggest problem with, with sports books in Vegas. Yeah, you're not a sinner. sinner. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You're you a, took a damn position. sinner. You you're damn a damn sinner. sinner. Uh, <laughs> uh, my biggest problem with sports books in Vegas is the smoking. It yeah. really bothers me. I don't feel well for the time that I'm in there. Yeah, I, I but don't I love nothing more than sitting in a sports book watching games. Yeah, um, Greg Hawkins says a gambling ban in Utah is written in the Utah Constitution. Really dumb. I agree. Brett Burnett says we are sinners. Yes, we are sinners. Sinners. So you my check my wife is convinced hell is not real. Like in her in her. Can, can we get it? Can we let's make know. a poll that says is hell real? Is hell real? Hell is this hell? Uh, Joshua says, agreed with smoking. I hate cigarette smell. I can't stand it. Yeah. I don't and, like breathing it. I don't like but being we around won't it. won't ban smoking, but we'll just make it so expensive that you can't afford to smoke anymore. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Because smoking, don't even get me started on how the medical industry funds smoking. Don't, don't. Uh, Tanner says, if you think about it, Utah kind of is a 
theocracy. I don't disagree with that. Bob. Oh, look at you. Bob Holsey. Good to see you, Bob. I Bob. <laughs> Is that a parrot in your avatar? Uh, insiders say that Washington and Washington State do not want to be in the conference with Gonzaga. Uh, why can't uh, tell you unless it's anti-Catholicism? I, I don't okay. think, I don't think it's... Speaking of sinners. You sinner. I don't... <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it is an anti-Catholic thing. I think it is a territorial thing. Spokane, Washington. Yeah. You can't tell me that Washington and Washington State and Spokane, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. are not competitors. They're competitors. And I say, hey, the more the merrier, because I I there is a belief today that we will get we will get an invite to Gonzaga to join the Big 12 today. That that will be approved by the Big 12 today. Does we'll that see. happen? We'll see. I don't know if that happens or not. But I don't. I think Gonzaga should be in the Big 12. I just think it is in this whole conversation we've had today. Yeah. Um, and if you're just tuning in, if you, uh, if you go ahead and flip back to the beginning of the show, and by the way, before you do that, hit the thumbs up button. We're at 97 likes, you casuals. Program. Appreciate that. Uh, let's get to 100. That would be amazing. Um, I just think that Gonzaga is is a really important piece of the pie. I think, as I've said, I think Gonzaga and San Diego State are two really important pieces of the expansion puzzle. Yes. And if you want to grow your footprint and cripple the Pac-10, go and get Gonzaga and San Diego State, and it's essentially over. Yeah. Checkmate. It's essentially over. Yep. I don't know how you. I don't know how you do that. You know. Uh, Bill Jokel says, quit. I can't breathe. See what he did there. Is that a smoking reference? You know, uh, Teddy Wayman says now prize picks. On the other hand, you can make lineups, uh, for the over under on players, which is what I do. Ooh, I do like it. But you uh, see what I mean? Like you see how much effort Teddy's having to put in to just to do this. Yeah. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. Mike Maple says, uh, are you snowboarding alone now, Monty? Because Jake spends his weekends living in sin. Wait, let me go ahead and put the center on single cam. Facial recognition. I don't know, Mapes. I don't know. Sinner. I don't know. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, Brandon Butler said, I just did the 100. You did? Are you the 100th like on the show? Hey, hey, hey there you go. We're 101. We're 101. Appreciate that, you guys. Uh, Tanner says, oh, Mike, LOL. Yeah, Mike, well, Mapes, listen, I like you. Sorry if you're offended by that. I like you. You're not a nice guy or anything, but I like you. Um, why would you stir the pot like that? Certain people... <laughs> certain people tend to get upset. You know. Me? Me? <laughs> what? Justin Sharp says, who will win the Mountain West... Who will the Mountain West add if Fresno and San Diego State go to the pack? <sighs> Uh, that's tough, that's a tough I think you got to see who's available. You got to see. Because I think once yeah. some realignment starts, I think things are going to radically change. Yeah. I think they are. Yeah, Brent, you're right, dude. I did just get shamed. That's right. That's Brent right. Brent says Jake just got shamed. Yeah, he did. that's right. He did. You know what? Everybody like, nope, not going to make that joke. Uh, Lewis uh, says, oh, snowboarding. Those were the days. 50 years old, still snowboarding. I'm fat. Uh, Ken Williams says, I don't gamble. It's like throwing away good hard-owned money. It is. It is, depending on who you ask. Mapes says, sure, I'm nice. Nice and rotten. <laughs> exactly. Sinners. You rotten, sir. Uh, <laughs> Josh the Baller says, Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga. 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 
then you're gonna bring out the people like, hey man, hey look, I I like you guys. I like so I'm I'm telling you this out of love. This is wait. This is this is the I'm gonna unsubscribe guys listen, take. Listen, assholes. I paid a lot of good money at Gonzaga. Gonzaga. You will say it correctly. I didn't go through four years of wasted <coughs> education and get a degree that I don't use in poli sci till I die for you guys to say Gonzaga. Go play intramurals, brother. You will say Gonzaga or Gonzaga. I will unsubscribe from the show. Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. Gonzaga. <laughs> That's how you say it. <laughs> so there was a big controversy when we were on this. Gonzaga. November. In November. In no November 3rd. We yeah, looked it up last night. Yeah. The first time we told you that Gonzaga was going to go to the Big 12. Anyway, the point is we're always Gonzaga. right. And I'm good looking. Right, and right. so the point is we went through this whole thing where people are like, it's not Gonzaga, it's Gonzaga. So we actually Google searched it. That voice that jerky over here plays all the Gonzaga. time. That's the Google Gonzaga. pronunciation. That's the Google. Gonzaga. Pronouncing. Gonzaga. And not Gonzaga. Gonzaga. <laughs> So we like actually made an effort not to screw it up and we screwed it up anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mape says Jake is on point with the drops today. No. You know. Jaron Eccles says uh, Teddy sits in his ice tub with his duck making bets like a king. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber ducky, you're, you're the one. one. Exactly right. Speaking of rubber ducky, make sure you get to your local quick quack. We have talked a ton of jazz on the See what show he did today. There? See what he did there? So rubber ducky, rubber ducky and it's quick quack like a duck. Quick quack car wash? Yeah. Quack, quack. yeah. Uh, anyway, didn't you have like chicken sounds or something? Oh yeah, um, I have chicken sounds. I don't. Uh, quick quack car wash, our absolute favorite car wash here on the show. There's no other if we're being honest. Uh, the thing that we love about quick quack, you're in and out of there in five minutes. Um, and the people are what separates quick quack from everybody else. Everybody else has people that are just not friendly and they, yeah, you, you still, you still gotta, put, you still gotta put your credit card in a machine, not at, at quick quack, at quick quack, you give your credit card to the person, or if you have a membership like me, you just roll up, they scan your plate. I roll my window down. Hey Monty, here's your free dashboard wipe. Anything else we can do for you today? Nope. Drive through. And the best part about Quick Quack is obviously the car wash is exceptional. It is really good. Yeah, it is. I love the way my car comes out looking. And they give you free vacuums. And not just like that big, wide vacuum thing. They give you like the precision sucker thing. Wow. I think it's called the Bob Craft attachment. <laughs> anyway, but... <laughs> hey, remember when we had Quick Quack on the show? <laughs> uh, and anyway, the point is they give you like that attachment so you can... Vacuum out your cup holders and in between your seats. Like they just give you what you need. The car wash is awesome at Quick Quack Car Wash. Um, Mike Maple. Mike Maple says, waiting for Teddy's ice bath to add his uh, toy boat. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, talking with Raphael says, that vacuum attachment is called the Moms of Draper. Yeah, so you go to this car wash and they have the Moms of Draper attachment. The most powerful sucker vacuum in the valley. Jesus. Raphael, why would you do Causing that? Causing trouble, bro. Uh, okay. Jennifer, J -A -J Jennifer, J-E-N-E-F-E-R, Lastimosa. Okay. okay. I can't stand the take that Travis Scott was a killer. How can he be? Nobody said he was a killer, dude. God. 
So why are... Okay. <clears throat> sinners. Sinners. Nobody's... You sinners. <laughs> Nobody said he was a killer, bro. He didn't take out a desert eagle and shoot people in the forehead. That's not what he did. But he is a sinner. He's a sinner. He Travis Scott's positions. a sinner. Uh, no, what we said and what this is a reference to, genie for last Amosa, uh, what this is a reference to is the conversation about Ryan Smith and Travis Scott, where they're partnering up on concerts around Salt Lake City and entertainment for the All-Star Game. And what I said yesterday was, and I did a short on it, go and check it out. Uh, I said, with great money and billions of dollars comes even greater responsibility. So right there, does anyone disagree with that? When you have a ton of money, you own a team, and, and you have people, responsibility. And when you're Ryan Smith and you say, hey, come look at these concerts we're putting on, come on down and spend your money with me. And my wife made a really good point. What is Travis Scott's main income? Well, it's music, but secondarily, his Cactus Jack closing, clothing line. Yeah. And they are going to sell a ton of that at the All-Star Game. My point is that when you bring a guy like Travis Scott to Salt Lake City, do you not recognize that he has, over the last several years, encouraged his fans at his concerts to rush the stage and both ignore and assault security guards. He on stage says, hey, screw the security guards. Come on up. Like, mm -hmm. And then at Astroworld in Houston a year ago, well, what do you know? All of his fans rushed the stage. Ten people died, including a nine-year-old boy. But we're just supposed to ignore that and give Travis Scott the benefit of the doubt. Even though it was his show, his event, his words, his direction. But, oh, you guys... You know, you got like we got comments on yesterday's video after the show on the channel saying, "Oh, you guys just hate hate the Jazz and hate Ryan Smith and you know, you got like, dude, like like it's, it has nothing to do with hating people or not like like it it's not about that. It's about Smith Entertainment Group, Ryan Smith is partnering with Cactus Jack Brands, Travis Scott. Correct. And again, I cuz we 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 even got some contact on this, if you will. We got people who reached out and gave us some pretty strong feedback. I don't mind telling you. One of the guys we talked to at the Jazz, one of our Jazz sources, called me yesterday afternoon and was not amused by what we said and the fact that I requested comment from the Jazz on that. And I, and by the way, I told you on the show yesterday, I sent a DM to Ryan Smith. He did not answer it. I emailed his, <coughs> his uh, chief communications officer, did not answer, yeah. asking for a comment on whether or not he's aware of Travis Scott's history of violence at his concerts. Why is that such an outlandish question? And one of my guys at the Jazz called me and said, hey, you know, like, I don't even remember what he said exactly, but something to the effect of, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing here? And my point was, what are you doing here? Like, I just want to understand, does Ryan Smith know about Travis Scott and his history of violence and people dying at his concerts. And are you okay with that? Are you co-signing that? Because you are whether you are or not. And are are you taking the opportunity to work with Travis Scott to make more money? Because you can't, without question, you can't say that Travis Scott's concerts are safe for Utahns to go and enjoy. You can't say that. Are you, are you, can you legitimately sit here and tell me that you can go to a Travis Scott concert and not worry about your safety? 
No, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that. You know, like it, it just, you know, the and thing, you know what, Hullabilly, I agree with you. I agree with you. People are just so sensitive. We grew up in a different time. We did. I, again, I'm 50. I grew up where the media actually had the ability to hold people to account. We don't have that anymore in this country. We don't. Like Twitter is a vast wasteland of death. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can't. Ryan Smith, and, and again, I know this pisses people off, but sorry, Ryan Smith is accountable to nobody. Who's going to keep Ryan Smith in check? I don't know. At least I knew when LHM owned this team, I knew that he, he was looking out for the best interest of this community. That's all I want to talk to Ryan Smith about. Tell me again that Travis Scott, you can have Travis Scott perform in your building and you don't have to worry about violence. Or people being injured. I don't think you can say that. You know, like and it, I it's just, just don't. What, what surprises me, if if, and this is just my opinion, it surprises me that it's so upsetting to the Jazz, right? Like, because think about the nature of the question. The nature they're treating the nature of the question as if, oh, well, you guys are just trying to paint us in a negative picture. He's not even said that that Ryan is not looking out for the best in the community. I, we just want to talk to him about it. We just want to say, hey, did you know about this? We, we're, we're not sitting here saying that Ryan knows and is just choosing to ignore because he wants to make money. We're not saying that. But what we're definitely saying is, hey, like when you partner with a guy like this who, who, who's had the multiple incidents like this, it's a concern. Yeah. Why is it a problem to ask that question? That's what I don't get. Andy H says a history of violence. That's a bit much. Is it? Well, what do you mean by that? Is it a because bit much? I don't think for Travis Scott specifically, he has routinely said to his fans at concerts by reports, because admittedly I've never been to a Travis Scott concert. I've only seen the videos of him doing it. He has said, hey, forget security, rush the stage. And the, the bigger issue that I have is at Astroworld, he knew that there was an issue going on in the crowd. He saw those people rush the stage. You can't miss the ambulances in the crowd. And he just kept performing for an hour afterward. And everybody's like, well, you can't blame him. He has on monitors in his ear and he has speakers. He can't hear. So you're telling me nobody told him, hey, dude, there's a mass, there's a mass injury incident happening in the crowd. We need to stop the show. Is that why Drake walked off the stage? Are you, are you serious? He has a, there is, undoubtedly, there is a history of violence at his shows. That's, I don't know that anybody would even argue that. Unless I'm wrong and you, I mean, hey, I'm here to have the conversation. Andy, I, you're one of our, you're one of our best commenters. If I'm wrong, please tell me. Kenai Johnson uh, says, Monty, with my past, it's dangerous to go to any concert or event Sometimes Pioneer Day, I wish I made better choices. I have no idea what you're referencing. Yeah. If you care to explain. Uh, okay, then his wife will hold him accountable, I no, guess. No, but, but, but I'm being serious. Like, like I don't, again, I, I don't understand why we, we react poorly to these questions. It's not outlandish to ask who's holding Ryan Smith accountable. There's quite literally nobody. And that's okay. It's cool. Like, I don't have an issue with that per se. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe... I don't know. Maybe this is just the difference. In this town, you know, it just feels like, 
oh, that's no big deal. It's a bit much. You guys are saying that about Travis Scott. You just don't want the Jazz to do well. Like, who's saying that? Yeah, we got a bunch of that. You just don't want the Jazz to do well. We're not saying, dude, we're a Jazz show. It behooves us to have Travis Scott in town doing stuff. Yes. Quite literally, it helps our show. Jazz fans are engaged. They're hunting for content. Dude, YouTube tells us, you you guys realize this, right? YouTube tells us how many people are searching for the for the search term Utah Jazz. You get that, right? So, like, we can see when they got knocked out of the playoffs by Dallas and nobody showed up the next day for the show. Why do you think that is? Because Jazz fans weren't on YouTube. They weren't searching for it. Yeah. Just like I can see when people are searching. So, it behooves us for the Jazz to do well and for guys on Travis Scott's level to have success in the state. We want that. But what I don't want is Utahns being in danger at a Travis Scott concert because he wants to provide a, quote, outlandish experience which is he what said. he said in the that's video, what he said he said i want to provide an outlandish snow-filled experience so what am what i supposed that to take that as man like that's what i'm saying like i don't that's why i don't understand why we get calls from one of your jazz guys or like like why people get all pissy about it because it's a legitimate question we're just apparently uncomfortable or or people are too uncomfortable to have the conversation. And that's why I, I don't think get it. it is the hard part about being in our position here on the Monty Show is, and I'm not ripping the media, but nobody holds Ryan Smith to account. Nobody holds BYU, Utah, the Jazz. Like nobody holds them to account for the things that they do. And those are the preeminent brands in this town. But nobody's going to hold them to account. Who's going to question Ryan Smith? Well, you're going to lose your job if you do that. I'm not losing my job. I work for myself. We are independent. We do not, we are not kowtowing to anybody. The bottom line is this Travis Scott thing's a problem. And I don't think it's outlandish to ask the Utah Jazz for a comment. I don't. And to get blown off on it, and, and maybe she replied this morning, but it's a little surprising that the Jazz just straight up don't answer the you know, don't answer and, the, the question. And but you know what's they interesting. don't have to. Well, what's interesting, though, is a, a, a reaction to what you just said might be, well, it's only been, you know, 15 hours, less than a day. How do you know they're blowing you off? The they, reason that I think they're blowing us off is because when we've asked in the past, we've gotten comment via email 10 minutes later, like 20 minutes later, very quickly. So they see it. I don't have any doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, they absolutely see it. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So what would this show be if we didn't talk about food? Mm-hmm. Now, we have to talk about sandwiches today. Fat! Because Sam's Club lowered the price of their hot dogs so that they their hot dog and drink value meal is now $1.38. Because, you know, at Costco, it's $1.50. Mm-hmm. So they needed to undercut their sandwich promo to get under the price of the sandwich promo at Costco. You're casual. Because hot dogs are sandwiches. Anyway. I'm not playing your little games. (laughs) Are you more of a, you have never, have you ever been to a Sam's Club? No. You've never even been there one time? Never. Costco guy. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's very interesting to me. I think it's very interesting to me that 
Costco, I think Costco hot dogs are amazing. They're all beef. They're, I mean, they're all unbelievable. Yeah. I don't like the hot dogs at Sam's Club. I don't know if they're the same. I've had one one time and the, you know what it was? The bun was not fresh. Fat. Everything at Costco is fresh. So the bun and the dog, I'm paying $1.50 because you know what Costco said? We're never going to raise that price. Yeah. And they haven't. And I love it. Yeah. Now, I don't eat hot dogs generally because it's, you know, lips and ass that's in there. But <laughs> I mean, I am a big fan of the of the Costco hot dog. I just bought toothbrushes at Costco the other day. A new, a new toothbrush. I like Costco. I'm a Costco guy. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to say. But this is a stunt. Yeah. Do you really think anybody's going to be like, oh, man. Hey, Kenny. Sam's Club. $1.38. Let's go. You think anybody's like, let's go. Hey, hey, Marlene, I, I'm going to make a run over to Sam's Club for a $1.38 hot dog combo. You want one, sweetie? Facial recognition. Walk on through that door. Walk on through the door. Is it's it? a stunt. It's a stunt all day. And I think that the, the trouble is Sam's Club knows there are too many Jakes in the world who have never been to Sam's Club. There are too many... Oh, yeah, I'm a Costco guy. Been a Costco guy for years. Jake, hey, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, that's the problem for Sam's Club. And and I get it. They're direct competitors. Like, I understand it, dude. But I, I don't know how it came to be that I was a Costco guy. That's the problem. I couldn't tell you why, how, you know. Mm -hmm. It just is. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton. I remember in 96 when Rage Against the Machine played the Spanish Fark uh, at the rodeo grounds. It's not Fork, it's Fark. Spanish Fark at the radio grounds. Parents were freaking out all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. Uh, I know you hold, will hold Ryan uh, accountable. And his name is John Cena. Da, 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 da. And his name is John Brett Burnett says, food, got to get me some now. I'm so hungry, dude. So hungry. I've got to get control of my food. I have not eaten well But you're well the treating last week. it like you eat like crap. You don't eat like crap. I don't, but I, I have not been eating as well as I should. And I'm really working on losing weight and being healthier. And I'm not doing cold showers to eat Mobetas for dinner last night. Yeah, but. Oh, my God. How, by the way, by the way, why did you have to bring up Mobetas? By the way. <coughs> Why on earth did Mo Betta's not have teriyaki sauce last okay, night? Okay, this pissed me off. So we go to Mo Betta's last night at mm -hmm. the district. Yeah, and it was good. And it was good. I got Palejo and one piece of teriyaki chicken. Terry. Chicken, chicken Terry. Oh, excuse me. One piece of Terry. Yeah. And she tasted great. Um, you know. Uh, so the Palehu and the Terry yeah, and Palehu. white rice, extra scoop of mac salad, you know, aroused. No cabbage. No cabbage ever. And so we go to pay and they're like, yeah, we don't have any sauce. And I handled it well because the guy in front of me was, the lady says, he says to her, hey, can I have some extra sauce? And she's like, yeah, we're out. And he's like, what? How are you out because of sauce? garbage. Like just incredulous. The guy's like, what? How are you out of sauce? Bro, what are you talking about, man? And so I actually, because Jake hates when I talk to the cashiers no, at the I store. No, I hate when you or, make their life, so, when you twist them a little bit. I don't twist you them. You do. That's illegal in most states. Well, so is gambling. So I, <laughs> so I said to Lady, listen, I know it's all your fault that you're out of sauce, but I appreciate it's okay, you. man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Just like that. She's like, thanks. 
Like, I tried to be nice. And so me, me. being me, I didn't listen to any of that. Chaos. I was busy watching the rook try to build a plate of chicken. And <clears throat> Yeah, so it's me. The dick in front of me is like, how are you out of sauce? Better send those refunds. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I know it's your fault specifically, part-time worker. Thanks. And then Jake rolls up to the cash wrap, right? The register. <laughs> and he actually paid for dinner last night because yeah. we don't snowboard together anymore. Right. And so he says to her, oh, hey, can I get some sauce? Like a complete cock. <laughs> like you just heard this guy no, rail her. And the, the best part was she looks at me. She gives me that look. And she's like, we're out of sauce. We're out of sauce. We're out of sauce, sir. Like, you're a douche. By the way, Kyle Gunther introduced me to Mobetas. So good. It is. It's fantastic. But, but, but you got to have whoa, the whoa, sauce. We're, we're skipping the lead here. You're Mobetas. How are you out of teriyaki sauce, bro? How is how, that possible? How, be how is of, that possible? Be out of Palehu chicken. Be out of... Brown rice. Be out of cabbage. Nobody. What do they call cabbage. the fried chicken? Like Jesus. Be katsu. Out, be out of the katsu. Yeah. Don't be out of the sauce, bro. How are you out of Terry sauce? This ain't intramurals. I need the sauce, like, dude. Dude, I'm like, only going there for the sauce. Cause I love. No, Don't play intramurals, brother. Mobetas. The Mac salad at Mobetas. I'm telling you, every time just sitting here thinking about it, it moved a little bit thinking about the Mac salad. But the chicken, like. Bro. Okay, here, here's another casual on the show, a new guy. Two comments down from where your cursor is. Bro, whatever his name is. Brosif. What's up, Brosif? Are you guys brothers or does anyone know? No, no, we're unrelated. We're unrelated. We're, we're unrelated. What do you mean brothers. Yeah. We're not related. You fucking donkey. Yeah, we're sinners. We're not brothers. Sinners. <laughs> the, the only brothers Gonzaga. we Gen we're, Yeah, we're brothers in sin. Gonzaga. They're sinners. Dirty and fungile. <laughs> uh you know. Uh, Brett Robbins says no Terry because they had to order blue cheese. <laughs> Love you long time. Um, Tanner says I've always wanted to go to Mo Betta's. Is it good? Oh my God. Dude, you're casual, bro. Dude. Why, you're do, you casual. Say, why do you say, guys, 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 guys. Now, I'm telling you, um, I don't get to go out to eat much. What's the name of the buffet? chuck a I, I don't I, guys 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 i don't get to go out to eat much and when i do me and me and pops go to chuck a rama what a stupid son of a bitch and we get like the mac and cheese if you can scrape it out of the bottom of that aluminum pan it's come on amazing. man and i'll tell you the salisbury steak holy <laughs> the cow Salis i mean the, uh, the the salisbury steak that me and pops get jeez it's unbelievable. The Mott sticks were amazing. And, you know, like, the only thing I don't like is the ranch dressing at Chakarama <laughs> is a little watery. <laughs> but this, this Mo Better's place, is it? Is it <laughs> this it's, more Better's? <laughs> this, listen, this more Better's place, is it? Is it any good? Is more Better's where the sinners go? Now, and I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Like, do all the sinners go to more betters? Because it's not, it's not Chuck or Emma. So, I mean, it can't, if it's more betters, I mean, they're, they, oh, they don't what are you allow, talking about, man? And they're closed on Sunday, right? Like, I mean, you know. It's probably different than what you're thinking, though. And I'm curious. Now, now Chuck or Emma allows me to bring in, <laughs> I can put a, I can put a leash on my white salamander and just kind of bring him in like a pet. He's a service. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> Excuse me, sir. Is that a is that a service animal? Yeah, Jedediah, my my white salamander. Of course, Jedediah. And my 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 fellow sinner over here. He's got a goat named Enoch. They Joseph Lee Burrow. You know, the service animals. Bro, I, I'm going to need a better source on that than your word, sir. Oh, dude, trust me, bro. <laughs> By the way, do you guys allow service cocks to come in, too? Facial recognition. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, dude. Oh, my God. Tanner, I'm sorry, bro. That was, that was, that was fun. Tanner, you know you're the best, right? Now, Mo, yes, no, for Mayor real, Bolton. Mo Betta's, you got to go to Mo Betta's. <laughs> but, okay, this is your order, Tanner. Regular plate, two scoops of mac salad, no cabbage, two scoops of white rice, teriyaki chicken, two cups of teriyaki sauce. Oh. Teddy Wayman says, sorry, guys, Mo Betta's is mid. Then you damn well what? better have another recommendation for that kind of food, my guy. What? And, and by the way, wow. can I get a definition on what mid means? You know, you know, Brosif says, uh, you guys know each other well. That's why I ask. Good banter and chemistry. Well, it's our third show together. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> let's, that... You know what? Let's let's take the Jim Rome approach. This is episode 3 million. 768,000. <laughs> well, it's, we appreciate that, Brosif. You know, um, Dickhead and I have been working on our chemistry. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's one of the best drops ever, dude. It's so good. Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we met. We met on the tracks train. Um, there, yeah, there were a couple of chicks. Ask Tanner. Tanner was there too. We were riding tracks one day, and these chicks were talking about soaking. Right. And so, you know, we were just chilling in the cut, and he's like, "Hey, um, I'm Luca," and I was like, "Hey, how are you?" You got what to do. His name is John C. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, hey, hey, hey Luca, you want you, you want to do a show together, man? Maybe we, you know, we should. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I feel like I just woke up from a coma and I've been dead for like five years. You know, uh, let's see, nine twelve official time. The show going off the rails. <laughs> Facts, dude. Oh, Louis Capazzo says Honolulu Grill in the Jeezy is pretty darn good. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, Brett Robbins says Mo Betas is mid, by the way, with all due respect. <laughs> with all due respect, sir. With all due respect. <laughs> all due respect. Oh, my God. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says mid equals Alex. That's not funny. No, no, no. CM says, what is Mo Betta's? Oh, Mo Dude, CM, bro. Bro. Mo, Mo how do I ask this delicate? Have you ever had sex? Do you? Okay. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Mo Betta's. That's all you need to know. It's, you know, it is essentially Hawaiian food. So you get a. That's get, that Hawaiian food. <laughs> you get a lot of meat, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. It, it, it is. I agree it's commercialized Hawaiian food. I can get down with that. But I enjoy eating it. It's good. And there, oh I know you, you, Mo Betta's is one of those deals where you're either about it or you think it's average. 
and I'm about it. Oh, this is crazy, man. Hullabilly. Uh, Mike Maple says, Hullabilly, you know, ha- you know, you now have to cater the birthday bash. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Teddy says, mid means it's okay, Jake. Not that great. Ah. Well, but do you Damn. have a recommendation or a replacement? Do you have a, like a hole in the wall spot? <laughs> What's up, big bro? CM says, what is this sex you speak of and where is it sold? Look, Bob Craft, this portion of the show was not scripted, okay? Oh. But, you know. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. is around, oh. dude. What part of the valley are you in? Are you are you oh. south, north? Like, we're, like, because we go to the one at the district, 114th of Bangor. I'll tell Kyle Gunther, the best one I've ever been to is downtown by the big Costco right off. Oh, yeah, that one's good. By the Home Depot in the Costco. Yes. Oh, my God. Yep, that one's really good. Oh, CM, that was amazing. And by the way, with Mo Betta's, different locations do it better than some. Like, it very much is one of those brands. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was fucking awesome. (laughs) Where is what it is sold? this? What is this quote? Sex, sex and where is it sold? <laughs> oh my god! Sinners. Oh my god! Uh, let's see. SLCP shooter says once they sold the chain, the volume and quality came became mid, like everything that sells. Yeah, everybody, yeah. I hear a lot of people say that, yeah. and you know the problem is, do you know when oh. they sold the chain? Because I don't know when they sold it, and I don't think I experienced Man. it before they sold it. Man, uh, Capazzo makes a really good point. Hey, CM, it's sold it from Nevada. That's exactly <laughs> right. Oh, if you know, you know. Oh, my God, CM, thank you for just absolutely putting a cap on the program today. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, tomorrow on the uh, on the show, we'll uh, obviously on we have a lot more jazz. Um, I have a feeling we're going to be talking to our jazz guy again. Uh, today, I don't know that there's any doubt about that. About that. Um, yeah, you know. You know. Oh, look at that. Where's Jaron Eccles when you need him? No, keep going. Uh, Vic Fangio has decided to uh, take the uh, Miami Dolphins job as defensive coordinator. Well. So another great defensive coordinator off the market going to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Appreciate you guys. Uh, James Knight says, welfare check on Tanner. He's gone to ground after your ruthless <laughs> Okay, I, I, I need to play this chicken drop one more time just for, just for you know. <laughs> He's gone to ground. Oh, save Tanner. Help me. Oh, Rumble Island Grill. Yes. You know what I miss? I really miss islands in Southern California. Yeah, the chicken sandwich yeah, check. Oh, yeah, my God. Yep. My sister-in-law, like we when we were there, we were leaving. She's like, yeah, all right, you guys drive safe. We're going to head over to Highlands. Yeah. I'm like, ah. So good. You guys are amazing. Tanner, peace out. Love you, dude. Hullabilly, Nick Hines. Um, Mapes. Mapes. James CM, Knight. CM. Capasso. Down in the cheesy. Yeah. Uh, peace out. One Love on the Monty Show, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, sinners.